This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, Spider VPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using Spider VPN. They have some amazing offers right now and I come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount that's spidervpn.org a very good evening to you it's tuesday night as we record the final extra time of the 2021-22 season why tuesday night why not sunday night why not monday night well basically a blooming long weekend wolves women wolves men's team and obviously wanted to support the under-23s last night and it would be wrong uh, for me to, whilst there's a big game going on. So we went and supported them and I did three games in three days. Uh, went up to support the Wolves women in Stockport at Edgeley Park. Um, a good attendance from uh, from the Wolves fans and the Southampton fans as, as well. Wolves women fall into that 1-0 defeat. Um, which we'll touch on, um, down to 10 players after 44 minutes, but I thought they were the better side in the second half. Obviously, we then went over to Anfield, stayed over in St. E- near St. Helens. Uh, fantastic to be part of the uh, of that final day drama, and the, um, we'll be talking through that in depth. And then, of course, last night, the under-23s, we finally got that win. Uh, the last game of the season that we've watched. So it was fantastic. The under-23s controlling and a very well-deserved de- win at Molyneux in front of a crowd of around about 5,000, beating Stoke 2-0 uh, to get promoted in the playoff, the Premier League 2 playoff. And obviously we'll touch on that. We've got lots to talk about. 
Obviously, we'll be touching as the season as a whole. I'll be asking each of our guests tonight, saying, is 10th place finish in Bruno's largest first year good? Are you happy with that? Um, we're going to be talking about the performance in Liverpool. Of course, I'll be asking their performance rating, their man of their match and their moment of the day, whether they were there or whether they weren't. And we'll also be asking a key question. Uh, uh, this is the, the left field, crazy, right field, whatever question, because we've had favourite sweets, favourite puddings, favourite TV shows. And we're going to be asking a really deep question of all of the pundits tonight. Is there intelligent life elsewhere in the universe? There's a deep one to finish on. So I'm giving them plenty of time to think. We're gonna, it's going to be an absolutely brilliant show. We've already got uh, six pundits uh, live on the show beyond, in the green room. We've got Josh. We've got young Jess. We've got Jason uh, with his little one. We've got Scott. We've got Jack. And we've got Lucy as well. So we've got a good uh, cross-section um, but we're going to kick off tonight uh, with, um, we're going to go with Josh first. Then because Jason has got, I can see he's got his little one and he'll want to put him to bed after he's been on. We'll go with Jason next. Then we're going to go, uh, then we'll get to you, Jess. Okay. So here we go. Uh, and I bought one other thing I should tell you. I had a very interesting random meeting today. Um, with a, and I've got some surprise news um, and a key question that we're going to be asking. So I'm going to come on to that in a bit and I'll tell you more about that. So stay tuned for that. Um, before we get on, I also want to say a massive big thank you, as always, to Spider VPN um, and their Spider Miner, their new product, which you can get involved with. They're massive supporters of the show and the podcast. So please check them out in the link below. And we will be having the latest football prizes competition, which is a cracker coming up later. We've already got over 70 people watching live. So let's bring on the first guest tonight. Hello, Josh. You're right, Dave. Absolutely. I've got my cup of tea. I just want to say as well to everyone in the chat tonight, get involved in the discussion Get involved in the uh, the conversation, either between yourselves or, you know, put some of the best ones on the screen and um, get involved in the uh, the conversation tonight. So, Josh, welcome back to the show and thank you for being a regular on the show all thank season. Thank you for long. having me as usual. Fantastic. Um, were you at Anfield? I was. I was indeed. And whereabouts were you uh, you're standing? Um, I can actually tell you. I was. Still here. <laughs> area one, two, three. Area one, not uh, not area one oh one. No, <laughs> actually, area one, two, three. Because we're going to be talking about life elsewhere in the universe. That's quite uh, what. What do they call it? Area. What's area fifty one. Area fifty one. That's it. Yeah, with the uh, with the alien spacecraft, mate. Um, fantastic. Uh, tell me about your weekend. Did you go to the uh, any of the other games? No. So. Obviously, I had my cousin from visiting from Botswana over the last few weeks, so she was around on Saturday with a with a with a little one. Um, yeah. And sods law, I got back in from my spin class last night, and completely forgot that the under twenty threes were on. So I just I watched watched them both on the iPlayer and and YouTube instead. 
was one of them where I completely forgot about the under twenty threes last night. Wasn't it fantastic? On, watch it on YouTube instead. Yeah, wasn't it fantastic for the Wolf yeah. women to be on the uh, BBC Red Button? Okay. That was amazing. Uh, fantastic. So tell me about your day at Anfield and how you felt of going into it and how you felt during the game and obviously as it, as, as it ebbed and flowed. Um, so going into it, to be honest, I think like a lot of us, I wasn't expecting much. All I wanted was the lads just to show a bit of fight um, and to go one nil up in two minutes. I apologise now for anybody who saw me that's swinging my shirt above my head because I got quite a bit excited. You never uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> Went down to the, just your top and swung your yeah. shirt. Yeah. Crikey, that's hardcore, that is, mate. <laughs> that was proper, proper, proper chuff that we scored in two minutes. To box. It, was a great, it was a great finish as well. Pedro yeah. Neto missed it. In fact, we had a very similar opportunity. Well played a good layoff. But second half, uh, when Wang was, um, I yeah. don't know whether Wang read it or not, he overhit the pass a little bit, Raul, mm. uh, or Wang didn't anticipate him. It was a very similar thing. He crossed it, he could have shot. Yeah. And we, it was another, there was, it was a case of um, missed opportunities, wasn't it, for Wolves, yeah, really? really? It was. I say with that one with Wang, when it come across, after he didn't quite get to it, because I thought he possibly could have pushed himself a bit more and reached it. Um, so I already turned round in frustration, not realising the grounds about 10 seconds after for when he slipped on the line and missed the ball completely. Oh, so I didn't realise he did that until I saw him on the deck and the ball was out of play. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll come on to Wang, really. Um, he had a great start to this season when he came in and it's he's really, he didn't look on the same wavelength recently and I thought all the uh, all the players were magnificent. I thought Wolves were were fantastic. Actually, I thought Pedro Neto him going off, yeah, was kind of game. like yeah, because it was only two or three minutes later, uh, Mane got in, and it was a similar chance to what Wang had later on when he was cleaned through. But Mane yeah. puts it in, and Wang again manages not to. Uh, he played it too safe or whatever. He, he, it was another opportunity to finish. And he has finished. We've seen him finish earlier yeah. on in the season, but he just seems to be, I don't know, overthinking it. I thought Raul had a good game. Yeah, I thought Raul looked, his link-up play was a lot lot of better. I think a lot of, everyone apart from, no offence to the lad, but I think everyone apart from Huang had a, had a brilliant game. They all seem to have just stepped up, which is what we've wanted for the last two months. And to get it on the last day, I'm glad we got it. But it was a bit bit too late. But we got what I wanted, which was a performance. Give him a give him a game, and not just to be there to be rolled over and have our bellies tickled by Liverpool, which we didn't do. So I was I was happy with that. And I, I think you have to say fair play to both Wolves and to Aston Vanilla, um, because they both gave um, City and Liverpool yeah. a uh, a big scare. I mean. To me, I mean, I don't know if you've watched my vlog. You usually have. You probably have. Um, but if you haven't watched my, my Liverpool vlog, you should watch it. I made a new friend, by the way. Uh, Alicia, her name was. Uh, she was the steward standing right next to me. She was Spanish. Um, and she was right next to me. And then you've got that, the, the, the bit that divides the fans and then the Liverpool fans. Uh, and she was saying the Wolves fans, uh, you know, were probably the best alongside the Burnley fans that they'd had there um, this this year. Because, obviously, being a steward, she gets some crap sometimes and what yeah. have you. And um, 
you know, so big shout out to Alicia if she's uh, if she's watching because she uh, she 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 subscribes to the channel whilst you're there. I never miss an opportunity because uh, you got she and she's actually on the vlog. But yeah. um, it was the, the to be there on that final day with all the drama going on, yeah. and when Villa scored and they scored again, the wave of electricity yeah. that went round. Anfield and the noise levels, yeah, because obviously it was it was good anyway. It was it was it was electrifying, wasn't it? Yeah. So the five times I've been there, um, that's the loud, that's the most noise I've ever heard from him. It, it started the, the noise always seemed to start on that right hand side by us, and like you said, it just went round. It hit the cop. It was like it, a wave, wasn't it, yeah. that went round, and, and the was, the noise was unreal from start to apart from the last five minutes when they realised it it was done. Well, someone spread, spread fake news, didn't yeah. they? That Villa had equalised. Yeah. That I saw a lot, of people, a lot of them on Facebook and Twitter after saying that never happened. And then obviously they're showing it on Match of the Day and there's all of us like commenting saying it did happen. It, it but, did. Um, I played five-a-side tonight um, with a... Um, obviously a group of lads. I play on a, a Tuesday trying to get my fit, get fit. One of them's a Liverpool fan. Um, <laughs> he's a decent little player as well. Um and uh, he was he was like um, he was he was a little bit um, salty on the fact that the Wolves fans were singing "You nearly won the lead." He's like, "Why did you need to do that?" I was like, "It's just banter. It's better than being nasty. It's a bit of banter." Dangling the they were singing, "You nearly won the league. You nearly won." The, you know, it was just yeah. it was just class banter, wasn't it? Yeah, and everything. It wasn't nasty or anything. It was just good fun. And he was like, "Why were they cheering the city goals?" It's like because it's. It was, yeah. you know, yeah. couldn't believe it though. Like, I mean, fair play. I mean, some of the people, some of the guys saying, oh, it's fixed, it's fixed. That the Villa, you know, let them score three goals. I'm like, <sighs> really? You'd like Liverpool haven't had a penalty all season? Talking about yeah. penalties. Yeah. Did you think that challenge on Totti Gomez was a penalty? I think there was two calls, to be honest. I think that one, at the time, I thought the other one was more than the Totti one. But now I've watched it back. Was it Matip? Was it Matip, or was it Canate? Yeah. I think Canate or Matip. And there's no way of getting to the ball, and he gets the nudge, and it stops his jump up to try and get the ball. So it's a goal scoring opportunity. It should it should have been looked at as much as it did as the one the other end a few seconds after. Because um, apparently okay. that got looked that got looked at for a good forty seconds. Yet ours only got looked at for four seconds. Well, I know, and uh, Andrew Knight was saying it, that was uh, definitely a pen. It was, it was a great day. Uh, I mean, we did the um, with some of the Liverpool fans. It was quite good. I mean, when they scored the second goal, yeah, they were there, there was a load of them going absolutely nuts right by me, and there's one guy that was celebrating for a minute, and I was like, right opposite because we they were, they were yeah, telling yeah. us scores as we we're going. I was, I was going, it's offside. It's offside. <laughs> you can see the flag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they were still celebrating, to, and, and then he kind of realised. And then you know, I mean, I think they they found a way to. It was a scrappy goal. Yeah. Um, Salah, the the lethal poacher. I thought the the third goal was a a good finish yeah. uh, again. And that, in a nutshell, is the difference. Liverpool probably only really had three or four clear cut chances. chances. Yeah. They took three. Wolves must have had about five clear, clear. Dendonka should have scored. Yeah. Bang, 
should have scored. Raul for the second one, you watch it. He lays it, lays across with a little bit less pace. It's a tapping for Wang, should have scored, you know. But that's been the. I, I felt like the Liverpool game was a microcosm of our season, season. in yeah. one game. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, so what's your performance rating? Um, I'm going to give it. It's one of those where a six sounds low, but a seven sounds higher. So I'm probably going to say a six point five. A 6.5, okay, okay, 6.5. And your man of the match? Man of the match for me, again, has to be, mind it, there was two, but the what the only one, the second player I'm thinking of come close because the one challenge he made second half, yet again, he comes sprinting across the box like Toti did the other week, um, which was bolly. But my man of the match has got to be Toti again. I just thought he was brilliant. Well, it was a baptism of fire for Totti Gomez, and I think he stood up really well for it. I think he's a yeah. he's a talent. I think he's going to be involved. I mean, next season. I know Bruno was talking about, but you know, it's all about his development and yeah, and things like and Chicino as well. It's like they've got to be part of the squad. Yeah. Uh, next uh, thing. I mean, Robert, Robert Fletcher's saying here. Let's be honest. We should have been three one up at halftime. We 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 should. Yeah. And uh, what about your moment of the day? Um. Moment's got to be the goal. The goal. Fantastic. I mean, there was that tackle from Bolly as well. He just come flying across the box and just ploughed straight through. That was Bolly of old, that was. Yeah. My brother turned around to me at that point and he says he knows he's been poor this year, but he's seen that tackle now and he says that's why Willie Bolly's probably been one of the best ever centre-halves we've had down the Molyneux. He has, mate, and uh, but you know you do wonder whether like he's just he mm. got he was really up for it and he, he's brilliant whether or not he's just his star is starting to fade yeah. a little bit. Now before we get on to uh, my little news, and I'm going to give a little shout out to someone I met today, um, and obviously you all I'm going to be asking everyone this question in a second um, when everyone comes on. Um, is there intelligent life? Outside of Earth, I think there's got to be. There has um, to be somewhere in the vast universe. There is. There has to be. Fantastic. So that's an affirmative for yourself. Now, yeah. everyone, stay tuned for this. We've got over a hundred and five watching live uh, on the show, and obviously, if you're watching this back, please smash a like on the video. Uh, if you've enjoyed the extra time through the season, let's see if we can get it up to 150 likes. That would be amazing and probably a record. And obviously, if you're listening to it back on the podcast, please, please, please leave us a five-star review. Um, please. Right. Now, I'm working, obviously, in my company. I, 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 went, I went to a meeting today and um, I had to come back because they had to go and consult with each other. So I went for a little gander, get some steps in. And um, I was walking past this um, this barber stop over in Warstones, Wolverhampton, and I popped in. I had a chat with the uh, with the owner about the card machines and stuff like that because that's what I do for my day job. We had a really good natter actually. Uh, and I, it, normally with the it, barber shops, depending on what time of day, they can be absolutely rammed. And sometimes yeah. they're not. So we had a bit of time to talk. Just as I was leaving, after we've been talking, we've still been talking for about 20 minutes at this point, um, he had on the, um, just as you're going out, he had a Liverpool banner 
obviously a Liverpool fan. And I was like, oh, you're a Liverpool fan? Um, I went to the uh, I went to the game uh, yesterday. Uh, I, you know, he we went, oh, fantastic, and and we started talking about the game. I says, oh, I'll do some, I do some vlogs. He says, oh, I think I might have seen you. Do you have your old, an old couple of old people on there sometimes? <laughs> I said, like my dad, and he was yeah. like, yes. I said, I think I've seen you, and then he went. Um, he says, like, who's your favourite player? I was talking through. I was like, I love Neves. I'm like Matinho. And um, I went, um, we've got some great players, I said, but like, and he turned around and he went, he could show Matinho's hair. Yeah. And I'm like, are you joking? He went, <laughs> it's just, no joke. So um, he's going to be there. So his name's Nino. If you're watching Nino, um, how you doing? And uh, he literally, we, we're then talking for about an hour. And he also does Jose Sars hair. Now, I know he's legit because he was on his, about it because he was literally on his WhatsApp and they would got com conversations. Joe Martino got him a couple of shirts. He got him a signed Ronaldo shirt when he played, you know, when they played yeah. um, Man United and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And then he, he, he got the shirt then and then he took it uh, with him when they were because Ronaldo was in a bad mood to sign anything that day because we won. <laughs> and he took it away and he's got signed. He's got different things. He's been to his house. He goes to his house and cuts his hair. Um, yeah. He was telling me about this time that he went. He went in not recently, and Joey was playing on his play on on his PlayStation Five and stuff like that. And he had he had to step in whilst he went to do something. And Neves was on the other end, um, talking to him. He says, "Hello, I am Ruben Neves." He's like, it says, and he hadn't played this game. And so many things he was talking to me about. And uh, he got this um, got onto Jose Sark. I got a picture with both of them. Um, and then he's got a, he's got a voice note off Jose Sar saying, "Hello, Nino. Uh, I need my <laughs> haircut. Uh, when you free?" And so, like, he cuts Jose Sar's yeah. hair and beard, and Martino's hair once every two or three weeks. And obviously, he goes to their house to do it. So we got talking about loads, and I could have stayed for even longer talking to him. And um, whilst I was talking, I was I was talking about Martino. And um, obviously, next season, he says, well, he, he talked to Matinho about this. And uh, I'm like, so what's the state of affair with Joe Matinho? And he um, won't mind me saying this because he's probably watching because um, I think he was going to tune in. And he actually said he's talked to Matinho about next season. And Matinho is desperate to stay at Wolves. He wants to stay at Wolves. He really wants to be part of the team next year. And the stumbling block at the moment, it is true that Wolves have offered him a one-year contract. Whereas he wants a two. Pino wants a two because he's never done a one-year contract. He wants some stabilities for his family. Yeah. Um, and he wants, and he's still fit. And he, he is doing his badges and stuff like that. And he, and he does want to stay at Wolves. And he was saying, obviously, he's, he's one of the highest paid. But from what he was saying, I think Matinho, because he, he, he talked to him about the money and situation as well, he said it's not about how much I earn because, like, he doesn't necessarily mean I just want the two years. Yeah. So he probably would take less, but he wants to stay at Wolves for two years. So the question that I want to ask, obviously, we I asked about Neves as well. And if you stay tuned to the show, there's a little bit of – we talked about – uh, the Nevis situation because he asked him about that as well, but we'll come on to that a little later. Um, he basically 
the question that I want to ask you, if you are Jeff and you're the Wolves hierarchy, because he nearly left two years ago, they left it right down to the wire with a one-year yeah. contract and give him a two. Joe Matinho, bearing in mind everything else, Neves is probably, you know, looking like he, he might go in terms of all the press and the way he is. I'll give you the, uh, I'll tell everyone what, what it, Matinho had said to think, but you'll have to wait till the end. So That's you fine. Keep... <laughs> but like, if you're Jeff in the board and you've got Matinho, how he is now, okay, he's getting on a bit and he, and he really wants a two year contract or he's going to leave. What would you do? I'd, I'd, I'd give him the two. I honestly would. Because this is I'd where I, I had a conversation about this with a few people before the game at Anfield, uh, and a lot of the fans were saying the same. If you, you've got to have some continuity, and he's a leader on the pitch, yeah. um, he still keeps himself in shape. Uh, he's super fit. He's quite humble, and he still wants to stay and he still wants to play for Wolves. He's really like frustrated, shall we say. Yeah. So there's the first pundit, uh, Josh. If he was Jeff and the board, he would be um, offering Matinho uh, a two rather than a one-year con contract. Uh, Patrick Moran says bang on. Um, so it would be interesting to see Jane Lamb keep Matinho. Um, so what do you guys think in the chat? Uh, that touch against Norwich was class. We talked about that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, what would you do in the chat? So, mate, thank you very much for coming on. No worries. Uh, thank you well. for supporting uh, Extra Time. Uh, there might be a few other uh, different types of um, um, phone-ins during the course of the uh, the season. So, obviously, I'll let you know um, about that. But, uh, Josh, thanks for all your support, mate. Brilliant. Thanks, Dave. Take care, buddy. Cheers. So that's uh, that's Josh, who for a change has chance to come on first, which is I think might be a record for him. We're going to bring on um, next. We're going to bring on Jason, and he's oh, he's awake. We'll probably be awake and fall asleep in ten seconds listening to my voice, Jason. Uh, Dave, I'll be honest with you, it is past his bedtime, bless him, but he said he'd stay awake for dazzling day of extra time. I promised him he could come on, so he stayed awake for it. Absolutely fantastic, mate. We're going to kick off straight away as we're talking before we get on to the I know you went. Um, Matinho, you, did you hear about what we were saying about Matinho? Yeah, I, I heard all about it, Dave. Uh, first question is, did you flog him a card machine? Um, well, I, did, I don't flog. I talk. Sorry, then, sorry. He's, um, he's, he's having to think. He's got one. But yeah. he's, uh, he's still getting used to cards, so he'll probably probably go with it. But yeah, I'll let it with him. We we ended up, to be honest, talking about football for about an hour and twenty minutes, mate. It was, uh, it was, it was. We could have kept kept going. I had to go back to my other appointments. Um, Gian Martino, look, one hundred percent, give him two years, and obviously, my reasoning behind it is, um, are we going to find another player with 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 that experience who can fit into that role? Um, and, and fill Matinho's shoes. You know, we've we've had some good midfielders around the club for the last five or so years, uh, or the four years that he's been there, and he's obviously um, kept them all at bay. I think we should definitely give him the two years that he's asking for. His family are clearly settled. You know, he lives his life right off the pitch. The experience he can give to the younger players, especially the young Portuguese players coming through, um, I just think is absolutely invaluable. So we've got to give him two years. And do you know what? Listen. 
it's pretty immaterial on what he's going to cost us in wages on the basis of what he can bring to the camp, just as John Ruddy's done. Look how much we've given John Ruddy in wages for the amount of games he's played. But it's not all about that. It's what he brings to the team. And I'm sure Joe Martino, a young Portuguese player who can play with one of his idols or come to a club with one of his idols, is massive. And don't underestimate that. So if Joe Martino wants two years, what are they quibbling about? Look at some of the money we've wasted. Give him two years, for God's sake. Jason, absolutely bang on. I mean, he's, um, you know, I still pinch myself that we've got someone like Joe Martino, yeah. who is a world-class player that's yeah. pl this only second to um, Ronaldo in terms, I think, in terms of, uh, is that right, in terms of caps, second oh. or third in terms of caps. Yeah. He's still got it. You saw the the quality of the touch, that ball from Norwich. Unbelievable, and he's he sees the game. You know, it's not all about pace; it's all about how you see the game. And yeah. you know, if Neves does go, because obviously Martinho has achieved so much in his career, yeah. and he, you know, he wants to see his career out Wolves. I'm sure he, he's everywhere he's been, he's won a trophy, and I still think he believes that Wolves can win something with him there, which would be nice. Yeah. Obviously, Neves is at a point in his life where he's 25 and he's got a short career and he hasn't achieved all the things that Martino's achieved. Yeah. But we've got a lot of, like you say, a lot of players. It, we need some continuity. We can't yeah. dismantle the entire midfield. Why are they faffing about, no. Jay? And, and, and don't forget, yeah, Joe Martino technically is, is 35 now. And if we give him a two-year deal at the end of it, I think his birthday is in September, so he'll probably be nigh on 38 years of age. But when you look at him, the way he plays, the way he gets about, the way he breaks down the play, um, the way he links the play. Listen, he doesn't play like he's a 35-year-old. He's playing like he's a 32-year-old. And it's just ludicrous that they're even contemplating it, thinking about it. Because he could get another two-year deal somewhere easily. And he'll get that two-year deal. And we're going to be watching him maybe in this country, you know, maybe in another country. Um, performing as ever. So, look, it's an absolute no-brainer for me. What's, what also is important with Martinho is, if you look at his career, um, if he signs for Wolves for another year, he's going to play then for Wolves more than any club in his career. And for a player of that stature and the career he's had and the international career he's had, to play for Wolves more than any um, other club in his career is a feather in our cap, not just his. Absolutely, mate. So, I mean, that's a definite thumbs up from you and a message uh, to yourself. Um, mate, onto, the, uh, onto Anfield, and you, obviously yeah. you went and you were there. Yeah. Uh, talk me through your day. Uh, well, I got there. My mate got me ticket because uh, I haven't got enough loyalty points. So, uh, my, my mate got me ticket. And so I was late meeting him. Um, park around the corner. The parking was really easy at Anfield, by the way. I parked in this residential street, literally three streets away. Met him outside the pub, got me ticket, went in. And listen, like everybody, I couldn't even envisage the start we was going to have. Bearing in mind, um, we go a goal behind and then we're chasing the game and invariably of late we've been losing. We go a goal up. And to be honest, Dave, we didn't then sit back. We kept no. attacking. And that first half in particular... I actually fancied us for another goal. I think we was quite unlucky. Um, so, as starts go, it was a dream start. And what would have been really nice, it didn't happen in the end, if we could have gone to Anfield and we could have made a decision on where the league title was going. Obviously, it was always in Man City's hands and they took control in the end. But like you said, to be involved on the last day was was special. 
Um, but listen, going a goal up after after three minutes was just unbelievable. And we silenced well, that field. Well, from Neto, he just didn't mess about. Bang. No. So, but you see, he's one of them players where that ball gets whipped across. He's on the back post. We don't see Silver, for example. I'm not just going to call out Silver, but we don't see our strikers doing that, do we? You know, steaming in at the back post. Neto does. Neto gets him where it hurts. And he's got a goal for his efforts. You know, if, if Neto wasn't on the pitch, that would have just that just flew past. But great, great finish by him. And I'm so pleased for the lad. He's come back from a big injury. But then he goes off injured. And, and listen, the lad has no look Anfield. We all know he scored that goal a couple of seasons back where um, it got disallowed. But, you know, what a player he is. And he's one that we've we've got to keep, you know, because what a player he's going to be for the future, what a player he is now. And if he can stay injury-free and keep building um, the way he has been, what a career he's going to have. Exactly. Robbie's uh, brought this up. So, like, thoughts on uh, on Wang currently? Listen, when Wang first joined, I thought he offered us another option, something different. He's a strong player. I think his nickname's the ball or something. And you could see he does run at players. He does get stuck in. He's, he's you know... But once again, like all of our strikers, there's been very little end product. How he's getting picked over certain plays is absolutely beyond me. Whether Pudence is still injured, I don't know. Wang well, Pudence, is that, that he, liked, he liked that tweet on Twitter saying how yeah. um, Wang got on a, a, ahead of Fabio uh, Trincao and Pudence and he liked the tweet and someone spotted it. Like, he unliked it. Yeah. But like he must be so frustrated, Daniel oh. Pudence. I, I love Pudence. He's Massively. like... But he he offered. I mean, Wang came. Did he even have studs in his boots? You've been playing a few well, games later. I mean, he fe- keep, fe- kept falling over. He, he kept falling over. His decision making was pretty poor. And you look at Pedence, and now he is a player that gives us a completely different option. The way he runs at players, the way he gets in behind the defence, the way he's not afraid to beat a player. He releases it at the right time. His decision making's good. Listen, he was a tremendous signing, by the way. And yeah. you know, for all the for all the grief Scott Sellers and Mendes gets for certain deals, you know, look at the look at the play we've got in Pedence. Why Wang come on? I don't know. And do you know what? I think Bruno bottled it really. He shouldn't be afraid. If a player comes on a sub, you know what? There's probably no. It, 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 it's not good to bring off a player a sub, right? Who's come on a sub? But in that instance, he was playing really poorly. And I think it was, um, I think it was a bit of a travesty to keep him on the pitch. I think with the options that we had, I think we should have got Pedence on and got Huang off. Um, and you've seen that, and there's a bit of a viral going round on on Twitter where there was a video, and the ball goes out of play. Jimenez puts the ball across. It's not the best of balls, but listen, Huang could have got on the end of that. He didn't. He didn't if it had been Neto, it. he'd have been anticipated it, and he'd been there. Well, that's why Neto scored after three minutes, and then uh, you could see. On the sideline, Pedence and Silva were warming up and they had the head in the hands, you know. And it's got to be frustrating for them. And listen, we could lose good players because of that. I'm not too concerned about Silva, but we could lose Pedence. If he can't get in this team and, you know, and he's unsettled, you know, we we, we could lose him. And we've seen that with Vitinha, for example, um, and Gonchalves, who've, 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 you know, gone abroad. Trinkau could be another one of those, really. Um you know, played in the right Good. system. I think he's got something. No, oh, certainly. Listen, scored a great goal at Chelsea. Um, I like Trincao. Maybe he's a little bit lightweight, but I think there's a lot of potential there. Listen, Barcelona and Armugs. I know they're not the Barcelona of old with Figo, etc. But 
you know what, there's still, still a decent side. And if, if Trinko can get into that side or was getting into that side, you know, he, he, then our Muggs is a decent player. Uh, Jamie L's got a question for you, directly for you, um, Jason. What would you do with Silver next season? Also, opinion on Morgan Gibbs-White getting a new contract at Wolves. Right, I'll start off on a positive. Morgan Gibbs-White, I would 100% get that lad back in the team, especially as we're losing Neves. I know they're not the same players. Morgan Gibbs is more attacking. And obviously, Ruben Neves, we know he's more of a holding, defending midfielder. Um, but listen... The whole purpose of the loan system is to players to go out and get experience. I'm still seeing it all over Twitter. He ain't good enough for the Premier League. He's found his level. Right. Look at yes. Mount at Chelsea when he went to Derby. Well, there you go. Listen, Morgan Gibbs-White hasn't found his level. Morgan Gibbs-White has ripped up the championship from midfield. You've only got to look at his assists and goals. And the championship is a tough league. Tough, tough league. One of the toughest leagues in Europe. Because every, every one of those clubs either drops into League One at the start of the season or they're getting into the Holy Grail, the Premier League. Morgan Gibbs-White has got to be given a chance next season. Was I his biggest fan when he was at, uh, at, at the club last time around? No. Breaking COVID rules. In his, I'm not going to call it a celebrity relationship, but everything was all over Twitter. In my opinion, I think he's matured since he's been away. He certainly looks a much better player. He's got to be given an opportunity. He's got to be. And listen, I'm sure people have had a word in his ear, his family, his agent, and said, look, Morgan, go out on loan, do your level best. Um, and and come back, and that's that's solid proof that if you do go out alone and do a good job, that you you know there is an opportunity. The door is still open. With Fabio Silva, I've made it quite clear that I'm not his biggest fan. Um, that changed for a couple of games. Yes, he runs around. And listen, Wolves fans love a player who runs about, loves a player who puts himself about. And Fabio Silva does. It doesn't mask over the fact that there is still little or no end product. Now, with Silva. We are stuck between a rock and a hard place because we're not going to get 35 million quid back or whatever it is reported. And I know people can't say because he's one for the future and all that. That player's not an investment. Are we ever going to make money on 35 million? To make money on a 35 million pound player with his wages, if you look at the structure of that deal, we've probably shelled out over 50 million quid. For that to be an investment, we've got to sell him for 70 million. Are we going to sell him for 70 million? Of course we're not. Should we put him out to the championship? I don't think so. Because if he fails in the championship, what do we do with that investment then? I think we should put him out abroad, um, maybe to Portugal, back home, where it's a slower league, a slower pace. And listen, if he was in Portugal and he was rated at 35 million quid, let him go and prove it there. And then if he comes back, a better, stronger player. You know what? Get him back in the team. And there's nothing... Nothing more I'd like that he's a young lad. I get it. He's 19 years of age. There is nothing more I'd like than for him to either go to Portugal and do well or do well in a wolf shirt. I don't wish anyone not to do well. But listen, he's been given a lot of chances this season. It's frustrating um, for me to watch. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on Fabio Silva. No, absolutely fantastic, mate. What did you think about the atmosphere at Anfield and your man of the match and your, your, your performance rating? Atmosphere was brilliant, considering we had very little to play for. Um, but listen, the band set was 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 unbelievable. Um, you know the fake goal cries, um, etc. And do you know what was good? Listen, Klopp's come out. He's rattled him as well, and that's good. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to rattle Klopp, does it? To be fair, um, but it but it, it really it, it really cheesed him off. The fact that uh, cheers, Paul. I've got me my hands full here, mate. Um, the fact that um, it really cheesed him off was good. So, we, you know, got into Klopp's head. So the banter was unbelievable. Um, man of the match for me, 
Well, listen, uh, Gomez, this, I, I really, really like that play. And this is where we could have a conundrum next season. Um, because once all our defence is fit, especially the centre-halves, um, Cody, Bolly, Kilman, Gomez, who we're picking out of, you know, who we're picking out of them. And for me at the minute, I think Kilman, before his injury, was such a good player. Really, really good, good player. I'm so impressed with Kilman. And I know we've only seen glimpses of Gomez. I'm equally um, as excited about him as a prospect. So it's going to be interesting next season. I think the defence... He's, he's certainly going to be stronger. Yes, we've conceded three goals and Phil. We still think we need to bring in another defender, though. Yeah, we've got Yerson as well. I, I, I yeah, we have got Yerson. I don't think it's ever. Um, I've, I've heard we've been linked with wingers. I, I don't think we need a winger personally. I think we've got enough options on the flanks. For me, I don't think you can ever have enough strength in the spine of your team, which is a centre forward, a centre midfield. Uh, and a centre-half. I think that the, the spine of the team is always so important to get right. And they're on about having two players in every position. For the spine of your team, you've got to have three players ready to go in every position, um, in my opinion. And, and there was just a comment on the screen about the goals. That has been the biggest downfall this season. We did score goals this season. We, you, you're going to be asking me who I fancy in the Champions League stages, in the in the Champions League um, draw. It's a fact, Dave, because we did score goals. We'd have been right up there. And that is the frustrating thing. And if we'd have played in the last 10 games, as we did in the first half at Anfield, different story this season. Oh, absolutely, mate. Uh, we're going to come on to another couple of points, I think. But the other left-field question yeah. is their life outside of uh, planet Earth, intelligent life. 100% categorically, no. And the reason being, if you go on social media and you see some of the crap being spouted on there and the lack of intelligence that is on that platform, 100% now, because I'd hate to see a social media platform on another planet. Next question. <laughs> Mate, you're brilliant. I love you. I really do. <laughs> Mate, coming back to football. I'm crying here. <laughs> Mate, I'm coming back it's to football. I love it. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Every time he comes on the show. Mate, coming back to um, football, um, your moment of the day. My moment of the day, uh, moment of the day, um, oh, I could listen, there was a few things that happened. I think uh, Bolly's tackle, well, it's good to see Willie Bolly back as well, because like Joe Martino, his legs have gone, Den Donker, he's a donkey. Every player in that squad has been wrote off at some, every single player has been wrote yeah. off. Every player. Saw before he kicked the ball because, um, you know, he was a, he was a downgrade on, on Rui. Every player in that squad. Uh, and, and Bolly the same. That's it. Bolly's finished now. Yeah, he's going to be on his way. And look, he's, he's coming back and doing some good performances. And this is why I'm quite... I'm quite... Um, with Aitnori with on the left as well and Samedo on the right, I'm quite excited about the defence next season. And the defence hasn't really been a problem this season. But sorry, back to your point, <laughs> Dave. Moment of the match for me. Bolly's tackle. Good to see him back. Uh, good to see someone putting effort in like he does. See so, yeah. Final questions. Uh, and J Josh, leave your answer um, in the comments because I forgot to ask you this. Is 10th satisfactory in Bruno Large's first season? And your thoughts on Wolves women and the under-23s? Um, 10th place for Wolves is fantastic, Dave. At the start of the season. If you look at... Would we have took it in August? Yes. September, yes. October, November, December, January. Um, the late of the season went on. 
well, January, February onwards, you know, I'm thinking, hang on a sec, there's a chance here of seventh, sixth. So, at the start of the season, tenth is fantastic. Looking at it now, I think it's pretty poor, Dave. Um, poor is probably the wrong word, but I just think we have underachieved from where we was, where we was going to where we've ended up. I think we've had a, ve- I think we've had a poor end to the season. Um, so, yeah, start of the season, I just took tenth all day long. Fantastic. And your, oh, your thoughts on the women and the, and the under-23s? Listen, I think it's absolutely fantastic what's going on at Wolves at the minute. And yes, I know they get criticised for their esports and all that. But on the football side of things, Wolves women, it's brilliant that they're part of the club. Um, it's fantastic what Daniel McNamara has achieved. We've had him on the podcast. It's fantastic what he's achieved um, with the Wolves women. Under-23s as well. You've only got to look at that and look at the future. Uh, that's coming through at the club. And listen, Wolves have been quite lucky since the days of Lescott, Murray, Naylor. We've always had a strong... Yeah, Keane, sorry, for Robbie King, of course. We've always had a strong, steady youth set-up. And I know the under-23s are effectively now the old reserve stroke youth or the under-18s, I suppose. And you know what? It's following through now and there's some good, good players coming through. Particularly, there's a lad called Ollie Tipton. Um, I know his dad, Tim local lads and that must be amazing for your lad at the club at the way it is at this time um to be playing in the under 23s on a on a regular basis with some of the players that he's playing with Luke Hundle in the first team that must be so special but what I would like to see and I've approached uh, Wolves about this a few times is getting something in the program the match day program on the all-stars because we've got the Wolves women obviously the under 23s which is linked to the first team but with the Wolves women and the Wolves all-stars there's a big synergy there and I just think Wolves are missing out on a massive trick by not getting the balls. I, I, I do talk to Russell, um, yeah. who's marketing. I don't know if you Russell do. Jones, but, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely bring that up with him because I think that's a good point. Uh, yeah. It should be because it, we should. It, I mean, they do a lot of stuff on the history of, um, and like of the club, but like these yeah. are you know Wolves exes still playing, and it's and most exactly. people have an interest on where they're playing and might t- t- tag along and stuff. So yeah, I think that's a good point, mate. Exactly that, but Wolves women, Wolves under 23s think it's absolutely fantastic. Fantastic, mate. Well, look, it's an absolute pleasure to have you and your young man on again. Um, thanks ever so much for um, supporting Extra Time. Um, I, I know it's been difficult when you were getting the house done and everything, but it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, you don't forget, everyone, you can check out uh, the fantastic Wolf Whistle podcast that Jason does. Uh, it's a must-listen there's some great... Um, what's your favourite one that you've ever done, Jason? Mine is John Teasdale. Uh, you've probably never heard of John Teasdale. Played for Wolves in the 80s. Um, it's quite a... Uh, the, the club was at a very low ebb. And he tells a great story of when he went to America, he ended up being Rod Stewart's chauffeur. Um, and it's just an incredible story. And you don't expect it. And he, he ended up um, in a relationship with... because. Rod Stewart needed a chauffeur and then Rod Stewart was getting him to pick A-listers up from the airport and he ended up with, I think it was Linda Blair out the exorcist, he was seeing her for a while and this is a lad who played for Wolves in the 80s he's from Scotland but it's an absolutely brilliant podcast What Do you know what number that is? I don't, I think it's, well we've done 96 now Bang it in the comments when you've yeah, checked it we'll out do, we'll in the comments, People that enjoy that That sounds like a, a cracking, I think a cra- I probably have listened to it but it sounds like Sounds like a cracking one to listen to. So bang that in the comments. Mate, 
thank you ever so much for coming on. There'll be some other bits and pieces during the uh, the thing. We've still got to get you on with your all-time Wolves eleven. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, because that's going to be fascinating. So uh, I know we'll try and get that sorted during the uh, the summer break when we've got a bit more time, and uh, hopefully we can get together for a drink at some point during the summer. That'd be nice as well. Always and Dave, you keep up the great work too, because everybody gives you such positive comments, and I can't think of anybody who deserves them more richly than you. You put so much time and effort into this, so keep up the good work, Dave. Because look, over a hundred listeners tonight, that or viewers, unbelievable that is, Dave. So that's full credit to you. Oh, thank you, mate. That's I really appreciate. I, I re it really means a lot, mate, because I've got such a lot of respect for you and what you do. Um, so thank you very much. Jonas doesn't agree, though, because <laughs> <laughs> every time you send him straight to sleep, Dave. So. Mate, if you ever need a babysitter, and to... <laughs> I'll just you, talk mate? or I'll just bring me up on the phone. Dave, you won't go to sleep. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Doing? I will do, Dave. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Absolute classic from Jason, as always. Uh, and thanks ever so much for the kind comments. We've got um, Andy Pierce that has also joined us, um, who has some great stories to share as well. Anne was there yesterday. We're going to be meeting up for a game of tennis soon. We'll talk about that. But I am delighted uh, to have as my next guest, young Jess. Hello, Jess. Hi. Now, uh, Jess, thank you ever so much uh, for coming on. Obviously, you're a passionate Wolves fan. You support the men's team, but you're incredibly passionate about the women's team. In fact, you're part of the uh, the wonderful Wolves Women podcast uh, as well, which is specifically dedicated uh, to following uh, the Wolves women. Obviously, saw you and your family uh, up in Stockport, supporting the girls so let's crack on talking about uh the wolves women to start with and then we can come on to uh the game at anfield and all the other comments that we've been discussing before so we've got loads of people already coming on wishing you good evening jess and we have got now nearly 140 lot watching live so loads of people wishing you good evening jess Let's talk about uh, Wolves women and obviously the game in Stockport against Southampton. Um, obviously, we're, we're all gutted for them. I mean, I saw them come over and, you know, some of them were in tears and very emotional, which they'd given so much um, this year. Uh, what did you make of the uh, the game? Yeah, I know. I think obviously it wasn't the result we were hoping before, but I think if you'd have said to me, four years ago when I first started watching them that we'd we'd be in this position I'd have laughed because I just think we've come so far and I think no one quite expected it obviously we got promoted to this league last season and I just none of us when we did the Wolves Women podcast and we predicted where we'd be where we'd finish none of us would have predicted that we'd have won the league and we'd have put in a only losing one game all season in the league as well yeah and I think to put in the performance we did against a very, very good Southampton side. I think they're really a credit to themselves, every single player and every single manage, management team. Well, to be, to be fair, I mean, it was a great turnout from, um, you know, Southampton. I mean, because Stockport and Wolves, because he's exactly halfway between Southampton and Wolverhampton, isn't it, Stockport? I mean, crazy, is it, as it think. But, I mean, it was, it was a really good game. The way I read it, and tell me if you agree with this or not, 
Southampton have probably had a lot of more investments at this point into their team. They'd also only lost one game all season. They were the favourites going into the game. And I thought probably in the first 30 minutes, they looked where the Wolves uh, women uh, were a little bit nervous or apprehensive. They had a better of the play. Wolves did have a few half chances, but... And then we had that, they scored the goal, which was a great move. Um, it was a really good goal and a good finish. Fair enough. And then we had that sending off. It was on about the 44th minute. What did you make of the sending off? Look, I think the first yellow card, she just stuck her foot out. I think it was needed. She was through on goal. And I think it was one of those things where you just, you take one for the team, really. I think it probably, she would have been through and chances are she probably could have finished that. But I think... The second one was, I think it was a yellow card. I think it was right that she got sent off. It was unfortunate. There was no, it wasn't malicious. She didn't mean it, you know. Kelly's been a very good player for us week in, week out this, every, this season. Last season. Yeah, and I think she just got the wrong side of her. And, you know, it was right in front of the dugouts, obviously. Do you think their dugout really put the pressure on the referee, though? Because the way they reacted, it was like, you know, she'd gone through her. Yeah, no, I know what you mean and I see where you're coming from I think obviously all the dugout kind of did stand up for their player but I think I still think it would have been a yellow I think she just again it wasn't intended to go for the player I think she just kind of got the wrong side of her and I think while she, they could have put pressure on the ref I think the ref was outstanding all game you know she's been she's ref the highest standard in women's football and I think she was outstanding and I think yeah I think she did get it right and I think it was a red card fantastic okay we're going to come to some of these points about the yeah the investment in the summer um I'm going to come to Carl's question again in a minute and Merv's um the way I saw it in the second half Wolves were down to 10 players and you wouldn't have known it in the second half. In fact, I thought we were the better team yeah. in the second half. And when we were a player down, I, I, Southampton really never really troubled us. And we had that half chance right at the end. Um, if that had gone in and had fancied us getting into penalties, because it was, I thought they were magnificent second half. Yeah, I completely agree. I think when Kelly got sent off, I think first half, like you said, first 30 minutes, I think, I don't, I don't know if the occasion got to them or something, they did look a bit shook up and I think after the sending off we really look settled and I think Anna Price dropped out of the midfield and into the defence and we went into a 4-4-1 and I think we were loads better in the second half and I think we had a good couple of chances, Mad has Mad had a chance, Tammy had a chance right at the end and I think you know the subs we brought on I thought Ali was excellent and I think we were unlucky not to get a goal but I think oh, overall I do think Southampton were the better side I think first half we weren't really at the races as much as they were but I think I mean Southampton have had so much more investment than we have you know I think it was overall Southampton put a stat out that their players have trained for 15,000 hours across the season which is 13 hours a week per player and that's way more than Wolves women have and I think you know they've got they've got players there playing in their England internationals you know um, and I think Southampton were obviously the favourites and I think whilst they were very good, I think we definitely 
didn't get steamrolled. I think we really held our own and I think we really, really gave them a tough test all game. Mate, I mean, Paul, I think, sums it up. I think what we're all thinking, that you're very honest, Jess, very fair assessment. I do want to ask your opinion on this. Um, a couple of things, I think some more have come. Having a promotion player that's very hard at winning the league needs looking at. Uh, Carl Whitehouse, again, another one of the members. You can always tell if you're a member because they've got the little wolf and they've all got different colours on how long they've been a member So, uh, as well. Um, the promotion players with half both teams should have gone up automatically. Now, I agree with this. I agree that if you've won your league, that in the South and the North, that both teams should go up. As long as they've got the, uh, like the, the, the infrastructure in place, like which they need to, both teams should have won the league. And then they've got a playoff against two teams that are clearly been superior in that league and won the league what are your thoughts on this yeah I completely agree I think it's it's really disappointing you know that, that we do have to play in a playoff and it's heartbreaking obviously we were on the we were on the losing side and it's heartbreaking for every single player you know to have the season that we've had you know we, we were promoted we we lost one game all season I think in every area of the pitch the midfield the defense Shannon goal everyone has been absolutely superb and I think I think it was Sue Campbell, the head of women's football, has made a statement after the game saying that there will be investment into the tier three and tier four. And I think from what I've read and what I've heard, I think that playoff final will be the last and hopefully it will be changed and the infrastructure will be built on. And hopefully if you win your league, you will get promoted because okay, that's, what well, that's good news. And Jess, looking forward to next season. Um, for the women, before we get back on to, um, obviously, the, the game at Anfield and and the other questions that we're asking, what are your thoughts on uh, how how they'll bounce back? Do you think they're going to bounce back even stronger for next season? And is, is, Anna, is this Anna Price's last season or do you think we'll get another season out of her? Because she's, she's a Wolves legend, hasn't she? She's got the most caps and she, she she's still doing a job. Yeah, I think Anna's a really versatile player, you know. We saw that. At the weekend, she started in midfield. Obviously, we were down a couple of players in midfield, you know. H is injured and some are suspended. So, I think she, yeah, she slotted in. And I think, obviously, when Kelly Darby got sent off, she came into defence. And I think I would like to see us get one more season out of her. And I think, I hope it makes them want to, I think it will make them want to come back stronger, you know. Obviously, they've done it before, you know, when the season got cancelled and they were, they were cruising and they look, they came back and they did it again. And then the season then got cancelled again. And obviously it made them want to come back even more. But then obviously we did, we did get promoted through the upward movement. But yeah, you know, they've done it before. And I think it will really want them, it will make them want it even more because look, they deserve it. And I think it's heartbreaking for them, but this isn't the end. And I think we'll be back stronger next season without a doubt. That's fantastic. And Jess, um, you're a footballer yourself. Um, I can't remember what position you play. I'm a midfielder. Midfielder. You dream one day of playing for Wolves women yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think with the RTC set up now, I think there's hundreds of girls that dream to play for Wolves women. They've really become role models for every every young girl playing football in Wolverhampton. That's absolutely I think and you're very, very talented as well. Um, so hopefully... I've got, I've got, I've, I've got a sneaky feeling that you're going to be, uh, you're going to make it, Jess. I've just got this feeling that in, a, in 
two, three, four years' time, you're going to be uh, maybe playing for uh, Wolves women in the uh, WSL, <laughs> Premier League. Who knows? It could happen. That's your dream, yeah. and I hope it comes true. Now, uh, you watch the, uh, the the game uh, on the telly, probably, the, uh, the, the, the match. Um, what did you feel about the game and the men's team? Yeah, I think, obviously, we scored, and I think, like Jason said, no one was really expecting it, and I think... You know, we didn't get slaughtered by Liverpool. I think we were we really held our own. And I think, obviously, whilst they they did obviously beat us, but I do think, you know, there were some players that were outstanding. And like they both said, I think Toti Gomez has ha- had another excellent game. I think he's played, he's been excellent a few times we've seen him this season. And I think he's definitely a player I'd like to see more of. But I think, yeah, I think it was, we wanted the performance. I think no one was really expecting us to go and beat them but I think you know they put in the performance it looked like they were really up for it and I think it was a nice way to end the season whilst we didn't win I think it was a performance that a lot of Wolves fans should be proud of. Absolutely and what's your uh, your man of the match your performance right in your moment of the day from that or the from the from, you can go the women's team as well for the moment of the weekend will go for you if you want to pick one from the uh, the day before. I think for me, Toti was my man of the match. But again, I think with that tackle that Willie Bolly made, I thought was excellent when he came sliding through. And I think that was probably one of my moments of the weekend. But I think with the Wolves in game, not necessarily a moment, but I think just the occasion in itself, you know, it was the it beat the record for the playoff final. There was over 2,000 people there, you know. Wolves took five coaches of fans up, which is superb. And I think the support, you know, that I've been watching Wolves in week in week out for for four years now, and that was the best atmosphere I've ever seen at Wolves in. But I think just the occasion in itself, not necessarily a moment, but I think just the fact we got there was something that every Wolves fan should be proud of. Absolutely, and your performance rating for both the Wolves women on the Saturday and the and the men on the Sunday. I think for the men, I think I'd give it about a six. I think we were. We played quite well compared to obviously what we have in the past few weeks against some teams nowhere near as difficult to play against as Liverpool. But then I think with the women's team, I think first half, maybe about four or five, I really don't think we were the Wolves women that we've seen week in, week out this season. But I think second half, eight, I think we were excellent and we were really unlucky not not to equalise. Absolutely. And... Um... When you look at the uh, the tenth place finish for the uh, for Wolves, you're happy with that in Bruno's first season? Yeah, I think it's his, yes, it's his first season. You know, he came to Wolves saying he wanted to play with this formation, he needed this many players, and I think he hasn't really had that backing. And I think considering what he's had to work with, what he's signed, and yeah, I think whilst the end of the season wasn't as spectacular as we'd have liked, and I think towards the end we were probably hoping for a bit of a higher finish, but I think. Overall, I think for his first season and hopefully something to build on for next season, I would probably take 10th place, yeah. Fantastic. Is there life, intelligent life outside of planet Earth, Jess? I'm leaning towards yes, just because I think it's that big. There's got to be something somewhere. Fantastic. You're a yes. And Joe Matinho, would you give him a two-year contract if it was up to you? Yeah, I think why not? Obviously, he seems settled. I think, you know, if we do lose Neves, I think to have that stability of Matinho in the midfield, you know, I think if we were to lose both of them, I think it would hit us a lot harder. And I think, 
yeah, why not? I mean, like, he's offering a lot to Wolves. I think he's been a superb player, one of the best I've seen. Obviously, I've not, I've only been going since I was like six or whatever, so not that long, but I think. How old tell everyone how old you are at the moment? Fifth, just turned 15. And look at what Paul has hit the nail on the head. You're 15, and he has said, I think, what every one of us uh, think. And obviously, I've, uh, you've come on before and we've spoken a bit and we see you sometimes at the games. Paul Harris, spot on. Jess, you're a very articulate and knowledgeable young woman. You're an absolute credit. You really, really are, mate. You're Thank a real you. credit. The way you talk and put things across, absolutely uh, brilliant, mate. And I'm really, really grateful that you've come on tonight. So thank you so much for that. And um, I, I know that you've, as I say, you, you're a big supporter of Wolves. You, you've, you've got aspirations. You're a footballer yourself. And you're also part of the Wolves Women podcast. So please check out uh, the Wolves Women podcast because it's important that we do support the women's game. Um, on that, just check that out. And finally, thoughts on the under-23s last night? Yeah, I think they've had a really good season. And I think, obviously, the heartbreak in the final against West Brom, I think it was deserved. I think Luke Quindle's a player I'd like to see more of in the first team. He seems excellent. And I think there's a couple of players in that first, in the under-23s, sorry, that I would like to see given a chance, I think, to prove themselves in the first team. And I think Luke Quindle's definitely one that I'd want to see in the first team next season. Fantastic. And just to finish off, uh, OK says, spoken like a true friend, lots of knowledge. Well done, Jess. A fab interview. Uh, thank you for coming up and thank you and your family for allowing you to come on the uh, on the show as well. I appreciate that. And hopefully you'll join us again in the future and keep up the great work with what you're doing on the Walls Women podcast. And also, obviously, um, good luck with the rest of your football as well. Thank you. Cheers, Dave. You're welcome, mate. i definitely come back on again. So that's Jess. Absolutely uh, brilliant, as always, from Jess. We're going to be bringing on uh, Jack uh, next. Uh, just before we get on to that, on, on to that well, we're going to get Jack on the screen. Uh, ju just before we get on to talking to Jack, I do need to remind everyone uh, that the latest football prizes um, competition is where is it? Here it is. The latest football prizes competition is is currently going on, and you've got till Thursday night to enter. I think there's about 149 entries, and that's to win the 21-22 uh, squad signed wool shirt. It's 4.95 to get your entry, and as I say, there's only a limited number of entries, and there's also two instant prizes: a Ralph shirt, and I think that's a Jose Sar shined glove. Uh, glove signed uh, glove and basically you pick your number and if it's you, it's kind of like you, you pick the number that those two other prizes are behind they're instant wins and the link on them is in the description below jack welcome back to the final extra time of the season mate evening uh, you're right absolute joy as always to uh, to have you on um which of the uh, which of the games did you attend over the weekend? I was at uh, I was at Anfield on Sunday, and then I was at the twenty threes last night. So two out of the three ain't bad, as uh, as it Meatloaf as, said uh, that one. Meatloaf, so, yeah, two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf uh, would say. Well, loads of people are saying uh, good evening to you, and if you're enjoying tonight's show, please do us a favour, let YouTube know you're enjoying it, smash a like on the uh, on the video that. Uh, 
helps out a lot. Uh, mate, obviously, um, great result for the under-23s last night. I think you know, I went, but I don't think you missed many games. You go to most of the games, and it's great for them. Uh, tell me what, what you think the significance of, um, of that promotion for them last night. I think it's massive because I think getting into that Division 1, you're suddenly going to be testing yourself against the very best young players in the country. And, and, and actually, they're some of the best players in Europe because we know that the, the likes of Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, they recruit from across the world, don't they? So you're going to be playing against the very best young players that are out there. And, and that's not no disrespect to the teams in Division 2, you know, but Division 1 is probably where you want to be if you're an under-23 side. So it's absolutely massive. I mean, Fulham absolutely blitzed the league, didn't they? I think they won 15 out of their first 16 games. So we were yeah. never gonna gonna win the league. But but to finish second was was an outstanding achievement. I think we we only lost one game after Christmas or for the rest of the season. Won eleven out of fourteen going into the into the playoffs. Had that real sort of punch in the guts in the in the cup final at the Hawthorns where we absolutely marmalised them and lost on penalties. And you and you're kind of thinking, I just hope that doesn't have too much of an effect. But I tell you, to win a penalty shootout four days later in the semi-final—that shows character. That shows guts. And I was so pleased for them that they did that. And, and actually, I don't know if anyone saw it. The penalties in that shootout against Norwich were phenomenal. Every single one we took was bang in the corner, hard and low, hit true, fantastic. And then last night, I just thought we absolutely controlled the game. We played okay. Stoke ooh, three, four weeks ago in the league, and it was a really tight game. Admittedly, they had four or five first-team players filling out their squad that day today obviously Mate, we'll just... kick go on yeah just going to come back onto that Andrew Knight question for Dave I've asked can you get polls for the chat I've, I've asked the stream thing there are ways around doing it um, and now I've got a bit more time in the off season um, it's something that we'll hopefully be able to introduce uh, for next season but there are a couple of they haven't got it into the software at the moment but there are a couple of other ways around doing it but I need to have a bit of time um, to be able to do it so it works. So I haven't had a chance yet, but it's in the pipeline. Mate, I wanted to ask you, out of those teams, obviously Luke Kundal has um, played regularly. We've had Tyler Perry and a couple of them in the thing. Who do you th who else do you think's got a chance of pushing um, for first team squad for next season? Uh, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because actually I think quite a few of the players, Luke Kundal's one you mentioned, probably shouldn't be playing under-23 football anymore. He's probably outgrown that level. So the, the question will be, is he going to be part of the first-team squad next year? Or does he need to go out and, on loan and play in senior football championship level, for example? Hugo Bueno is another one. I think he's outgrown under-23 football. He was phenomenal again last night. Left wing back, great strength, character on the ball. Brilliant. Again, get him out on loan maybe. You know, But he could well be pushing the first-team squad. I know he was in and around it pre-season, wasn't he? Under Bruno, who really likes him as well. Chen Campbell's another one, real talent. He's got all the ability in the world. Sometimes his temperament and his, his sort of mentality has let him down. He has matured a lot as the season's gone on. I think he got sent off twice before Christmas, but since then he's been been outstanding. He's got 18 goals and assists in 20 games for the in the 23. So again, the end product's there, isn't it? Which is something we talk about a lot with the first team. You know, that end product, he's got it. So it's just a case of is he going to develop and, and with the coaching, can can he then make that step up? Because ultimately, I mean, I, I'll, I'll kind of take it off a tangent here but when I first started watching the 23s the team was people like Donovan Wilson Will Randall uh, Aaron Collins Sylvan Desland and they've all had really good careers in, in the lower leagues and that's great to see but that's not the level we are 
Whereas I think now some of the guys coming through the current ranks, like Bueno, Kundal, Campbell, Marquez, Lembakisa, they're going to have careers much higher level than that. We're talking championship, Premier League players probably that, that we're producing there. And that, that's great to see. And and it's not all going to be with us. I think we, we kind of get this idea in the academy or we could have a, an entire team of, of homegrown players. That's not going to happen. Nobody has that anymore. But if we could get one or two a year that come through, like a Gibbs-White, you know, that come through, like Kilman has, he came through the... Tw- I know he came in from, from Maidenhead, didn't he? But he, he developed in the 23s before he got into the first team. If we can have one or two a year, then that's going to not only save the club a huge amount of money, but it's going to be great for the fans to see and great for in terms of future recruitment. Because if players can see a pathway, I'll go and play for Wolves, I'll go and get in their 23s for a year because I know that in the, the summer after, I'm going to be pushing for their first team. You know, you look at teams like Chelsea, for example, they have 40, 50 players out on loan sometimes. Can't do that next year, though, can they? Well, no, I mean, I know it's changing. But, I mean, if I was a young player and I was, I was thinking, I don't want to go and play for Chelsea because I'm like seventh, eighth in line to the, the shirt. Whereas you go to Wolves, instantly I'm third or fourth. So I've really got a chance to stake my claim. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's lots of good young players coming through and, and they're all fantastic and I'm sure they'll all have great careers. And, and don't think, you think as well with the, uh, I know we've, we've talked about it, and maybe it's something we'll talk about more in the summer, but with the five substitution rule and the nine subs on the bench, I think it's nine, it gives the chance for the under-23 boys to be invo- involved more so with the match day um, experiences. And Wolves haven't got the depth of squad as the likes of, City and Liverpool and United and all of those. So the under-23s, the talent pool in them, they have got that opportunity to be involved in that. So I think, although there's an argument that the five substitution rules, I wish we'd have had five subs against at the weekend, to be honest, with with Liverpool, with the injury to Saar and and stuff. We could have done with an extra couple of subs to be able to have made more of a change. But... I think that's going to be a good pathway. On to the actual game itself, because you had some great points. And, and this reason why I ask, because you are a bit of an expert with the under-23s, the, uh, the game, Anfield, you obviously, were, I think, were there. What was you, what? How, what was the day like for you? Yeah, similar to, to like what people have said, not real much in terms of expectation. You know, it's kind of been, the season's kind of petered out a little bit, hasn't it? And, and these fixtures against the City and Liverpool have probably come at the wrong time. You know, but but actually, I think we gave a really good account of ourselves. You know, we really made what is a fantastic team really work hard, hard for the points and hard for the victory. On another day, if we'd have taken our chances, and um, many times have we said that this season, we could easily have got got a result there. Um, I just I felt I felt after the Norwich game, I felt we put a little bit more into the game on on Sunday. There was a bit more of a clear tactical plan. You know, it wasn't kind of, you know, like we did at City, Gunko and, and throw everyone at, at them. There was a bit more balance between attack and defence. I thought we, we defended really well in terms of getting bodies behind the ball. There were some really great blocks and tackles that, that you need to do against Liverpool because they have so much possession in, in your defensive third that they're going to be able to pick out passes. You know, sometimes you watch Liverpool and what they do, they just pass the ball around and they're just looking for that one pass. And it goes, I mean, the, the first goal, the Mane goal, the, the flick from Thiago, oh, that's what they do all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you think there's no danger. We've got a nice block, a nice shape, about one pass and they're in. And that and that's kind of what they do. And I thought we defended that pretty well all game. There's, there's that one with the, the Mane goal. It was an offside one that, that they had as well. And But I mean, the rest of their chances were kind of long range shots or kind of things where they'd have to really work the ball wide and kind of get around us rather than sort of play through us, which which I think they want to do and to actually force them to go wide 
I think it's credit to kind of how we set up and how our defenders sort of did their job really. And then going forward, I think we actually created a lot of chances. And it's it's frustrating that that again we've not taken them because it, it was at key moments in the game. You know, I think the the, the chance in the first half for, for Wangi Chang where I think Allison just gets a touch to it and pushes it wide. I think at that point Manchester City had just gone one 0 down, and and the Anfield crowd were, were rising to it and getting behind their team. If we'd have gone two one up thirty seconds after that, I think it completely kills kills their crowd. I mean, going into the game, I said to to the guys that I was going to the game with. What we really want today is an early Manchester City goal. Because if, if Liverpool fans know that, that they're not going to win the league that day, it kills the atmosphere, doesn't it? But all game, really, it felt like they were they, they might uh, they felt they had a chance. They had, didn't they? They had hope. They had yeah. the, the, almost yeah. well, they, they, they went from hope to belief when Villa went 2 0, like, you know, that the and obviously we're missing those chances. It, if they, I think a lot of the Liverpool players felt they were destined. Um, and the Liverpool fans felt that it was like destined that they're going to win the quadruple, and obviously it didn't happen in the end. But you know, it was a bit of a microcosm. We started well, well, we, you know, we got the goal, we had the chances to to finish, you know, and pull a real bit of a, you know, we'd take the game away. We didn't do it, and then we faded, just like in the actual um, in the actual season itself. We just. I wouldn't say we we lost the effort, but the second goal probably knocked the stuffing out of us, and then they got the third one. It was three one was harsh. I thought yeah, at the end, flat, been... flattered them, didn't it? Really, considering the effort that we put in and the fact that they'd really had to to kind of. I mean, the, the disappointment was the third goal, wasn't it? Because you thought two one, okay, let's just you know, and then it was three one pretty much straight after, wasn't it? And you kind of felt, oh, that that's you know, that's not really what we want, and. And it kind of just put a bit of a, you know, like you say, it was a bit of disappointment that that it three one sounds. I mean, if, if no one had watched the game and just seen the scoreline, sounds like, oh, comprehensive. Yeah, comfortable win for Liverpool. You know, Wolves might have had a go, but Liverpool were just too strong. I don't think it was that at all. I thought actually we more than played our part in that game, and I think actually we did kind of contribute to to the league title really because they were saying on, a, on another podcast I listened to that at no point on Sunday were Liverpool ever top of the table. Neither weren't. Because, because we were holding them. Even though Manchester City were behind, they weren't beating us until They'll after Manchester City were ahead. Yeah, so so actually we did kind of frustrate them and, and, and stop that momentum shift at some point. So I think we, you know, we, we'd certainly played our part, part in that. But yeah, I mean, you know, like you say, a microcosm of our season, a missed opportunity, wasn't it? You know, you go, into, you go into Anfield, you're not expecting anything. And yet we could easily walk away with three points. And, and you're kind of thinking, well, it doesn't really matter because we weren't supposed to win there anyway. But but it actually does because, you know, we should have got more points against Norwich, shouldn't we? So you lose points there. You now suddenly relying on yourself, getting those results against Liverpool and City to, to balance it out. And again, we didn't do it because we, we didn't take our chances. Well, exactly right. So um, your man of the match, your performance rating and your moment of the day? Uh, I agree with a lot of people on, on Toti Gomez. I thought he was great. I'm going to put a left field suggestion for man of the match. I'm going to go eight Nori. Yeah, because okay. I think against against Jota, we, we all know what what Jota's all about. I thought he was really good. He kept him very quiet. I thought he, he offered did the same a real on nice Salah in the first game as well. He did it at Molyneux, didn't he? Yeah, and I thought he offered a nice threat going forward. There's one really good ball first half. He sort of played it first time. It sort of sort of skidded along the turf, and there's just no one there. Again, story of our season, wasn't it? To get a touch. So I thought he was. Outstanding again, again, again against quality opposition, you know, because you got Trent Alexander right hand side as well, and he wasn't. Fat. 
it really solid. So I'm going to go eight Nuri for that one. Performance rating, I'm, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go an eight because I think tactically, I thought we the approach to the game was good. I thought the way we set up was good. I thought the players stuck to the task really well. I thought there was a game plan. There was a way we were going to create chances. You know, we played on, on two centre-halves, didn't we? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but when I saw that Van Dijk wasn't playing, I thought, oh, hang on a minute, because he's just so good. And I don't think, no disrespect to the two lads that played at centre-half for them, but they're not on that level. And no. I thought it was good that we kind of, I mean, the first goal comes from from Canate, isn't it? Just completely misses the ball. Yeah. I don't know whether he's, he's more interested in where Rell's going, but he just completely misses the header. And all of a sudden, Rell spun him and, and goes in behind, doesn't he? So I thought we, we had a really nice sort of focus on, on a potential weak link in their team and exposed it. And just unfortunately, like we said, didn't didn't sort of capitalise with, with taking the chances. And like you say, it took till the 82nd, 83rd minute for them to, to finally get ahead, which was probably a lot later than they were expecting and, and thought they were going to get to. So, you know, in terms of effort, tactics, you know, commitment, I can't pick too many faults with it to be quite honest you know and like I said I thought we gave a really good account of ourselves considering where we've been in recent weeks where we've been questioning uh, commitment and, and passion and things so it was a it was a really nice sort of not a result you want to take into the summer but there was there were things that you could really cling on to and go that's what I like to see we went well exactly and your moment of the day moment of the day uh the Neto goal was great great to see him back after such a long time wasn't it Jamie O'Hara coming over at half time and getting mercilessly got, abused by the away end was, was great to see, you know. Um, no, it was, it was a really nice occasion, wasn't it? I mean, you know, it's four years in the Premier League. We've had one of the, the top six every, every last game of the season, haven't we? We've been to Anfield twice. We had Chelsea away the once, didn't we? Man United at home last year, obviously, when, when the fans came back and things. So it's nice to be, to be involved in, in a game where there's potentially something on the line, isn't it? You know, I mean, sometimes you kind of get to the end of the season and it's sort of, 11th v 12th and there's just absolutely nothing riding on it we saw that last week with the Norwich game didn't we I mean I don't think either team particularly cared less what, what happened on the pitch did they whereas on Sunday it was an occasion wasn't it you know it was and it was got... great to be part of that occasion uh, yeah to be honest it was it, it was it was great and you know we lost but we played a part and to be there as part of that um it obviously drama that the whole world was watching I mean let's face it the Premier League's watching all over the world, and to be part of the, part of that and be there, it was. I, I said, like to uh, to him, the producer, as I, I, I said, it's just great to be part of it, you know. And we we played more than a part. Um, on to Joe Martino. What would what are your thoughts? You know, he, he wants his two years. What would I you think, do? I think, we, I think we've got to offer it in two years. I think I think if we if we accept that Neves is is more than certainly leaving this summer, I know, I know we talked about that at length last time, didn't we? To lose Neves and Martinho in the same transfer window would be catastrophic, because you're then having to rebuild from virtually scratch. I know Dendonka might still be around, might not be, and we've talked about Kundal coming through. I think he's a really good player, but you've got to keep Martinho just for what he brings in terms of you know that leadership, that experience. And let's not forget, he's still a wonderful footballer. You know, I know people say he's slowing down, he's getting old, etc., etc. The way he plays the game, you don't need to be sprinting, you don't need to be athletic. It's the way he reads the game, the little passes, just getting into position just to intercept and, and move the ball on really quickly. He could still be doing that when he's 39, 40. He's that good at doing it. So for me, it's an absolute no-brainer to keep Matinho for two years, particularly if we are having to bring in 
new midfielders and new players around him. I mean, if you look at what's potentially going to happen this summer, we're losing a heck of a lot of experience in our team, in our dressing room, and a huge amount of character. Well, so Don Ruddy, yeah, Ruddy, Sainz, Marcel. Character. Yeah, you know, Jimenez. I think it was a necessary play, he's right around the dressing room. Yeah, that's it. And and, and Matinho is, is that kind of embodiment of professionalism, experience, you know, know-how. And and to have the opportunity to, to sign him up and to not take it would, would like I say, would be madness. I mean, I would, I would definitely... Money's not an issue because of what he brings, the sort of value added, you know. I mean, it, there's people saying he probably shouldn't be playing every week. Maybe not. But what he brings to the dressing room, what he brings to the team in terms of the dynamic, the leadership group, I think it's an absolute no-brainer for me to keep Matinho around. And like I said, he still he still does the business. It's not like he is slowing down, you know, like certain other players do in the past. And you can kind of see they're coming to the end, you know. I don't think he is. I think he's still as good as, as when we first signed him. He trains harder than anyone else. And yeah. he keeps himself in such shape. Um, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think most people, are 95% of Wolves fans think they need to sort that out and stop faffing around, get the deal done. Get Matinho tied down to a new contract and let's move on to showing the ambition. And I will come on to more about the conversation about Neves and a couple of other things that um, apparently Moutinho, um, in conversation, obviously, if you're just joining us, I met his, um, his barber today who actually cuts his hair and, he, and genuinely cuts his hair at his house. So he's got very good insight. Um, final one. The left field question: Is there intelligent life out out off aside from planet Earth? Well, listen, we were at the Hawthorns last week, so I'm not sure there's intelligent life on this planet. But I mean, I, I think, like Jeff said before, I think there's got to be somewhere, hasn't there? The, the universe is is constantly. I can tell you in bigger. the green room, Lucy's rolling. Yeah, it, it, the universe is so big and it's infinite. There's got to be somewhere, something that that's equivalent to us, you know. And I think sometimes we get a little bit over-excited with the sci-fi, don't we, and, and aliens and things. It might not even be something like that, but there's got to be something out there, hasn't there, that, that breeds and, and you know reproduces and all how that many, kind of uh, If you think about how many trillion stars are in our galaxy and how many trillion galaxies there are, it, you, you, it'd, be, it'd be crazy to think there wouldn't. But that's yeah. a definite uh, yes. And um, Jack... Thank you so much for joining us again uh, tonight. No there will be some other bits and pieces during the closed season that we'll get a chance to do this sort of thing. But uh, in the meantime, you've been a, such a regular guest on the show. You've been so supportive. And I think everyone loves having you on. You talk a lot of sense. You all... <laughs> Like, um, okay, Area 51 and not secret aliens there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, mate, you always talk a lot of sense. We love having you on, mate. So thank you so much for that. No problem. Thanks for having me on all season. You're welcome, Definitely mate. So. And uh, we'll talk again during the during the off season and there's some other some bits and pieces as well. Cheers, Jack. No problem. See you, everyone. Cheers. So we've just got three final guests to come on. We've got Lucy, we've got uh, Andy, and we've got Scott, who won't mind being the bookend uh, today because he's uh, he's quite funny. Uh, and I know Andy's waiting patiently, but we've got Lucy, who was the first year. And uh, she's been like, oh, my God, how am I going to follow Jess? Well, here you are. It's so true. How the hell am I going to follow that? 
There's no way I can follow Jess at all. She's brilliant. 15. I know. She was good, wasn't she? God, I'm old. (laughs) She's so articulate, um, is Jess. Um, She really, like, understands the game. And she's got such maturity for her age. Um, You can't can't fault it. Um, And... a lot of people saying uh, evening, good evening, and Robert Fletcher saying that we can't be the only intelligence out there. I mean, let's get straight stuck into that question before we get back to football. Um, mate, is there intelligent life out there other than this this planet? I don't think so, but if people want to believe it, then, you know, everybody's got their own opinions on, on life elsewhere. But I, I don't think so personally, no. You, and why do you say that, Lucy? I don't know. Just gut instinct. To be honest, oh, I'm going to sound really stupid now, but space freaks me out. The thought of space freaks me out. So the thought of life elsewhere, oh, God, no. <laughs> no. I'll tell you what, the thought of running into space for some of our players recently has been has freaked them out into space to score a goal. But Lucy, um, we had I had the pleasure of your company, uh, me and Em, um, at the weekend at the Wolves match. We uh, we sat and had a an atra at a, a, a local Stockport establishment before the match. We got to uh, I think you you and Emma were chatting most of the game and stuff, and you've connected now, haven't you, on your WhatsApp and you've we got have. in with the. Uh, on the her game too for wall stuff, and I know that you're, you're passionate about that as well. Um, yeah. So you know, let's talk about the women's game first. You enjoyed the day? Oh, absolutely brilliant day! I just want to say thank you so much for keeping me company. I travelled all that way on my own. I was a very brave girl. I travelled all that way on my own, and to get there and to know that I had friends waiting to to you know, to see me was lovely and to sit with you in the ground and just chat with you, just lovely. I really enjoyed the day. So I want to say a massive thank you to you and Emma. No, that was great. Pleasure, mate. <laughs> you're, uh, you, you, you know, you're, you're one of the members, you, uh, you support us and um, we've got to know you and you're a, you're an absolute top, top lady and we appreciate that. So, and it was great. It was shame, obviously shame about the result, but they, yeah. They did give their all, didn't they? They uh, did. You obviously would have watched the uh, the, the Liverpool game. I did. When Wolves scored after three minutes, did you fall off the chair? I did. I actually <laughs> did. I actually did. We Where we watched it, we was in our local um, club, the Corpus Christi, on Ashmore Park. Um, and it was in the big room. And uh, <laughs> I was sitting on, on like, the... Disco area where you can all dance and of course, a club. yeah. And so they had the game on a big screen. Yeah, so I yeah. got up and I ran round the room like an idiot. Came back to my chair, my chair went flying, and I was on the floor. So I yes, did actually fall off my chair. That's crazy. Yeah. That is fantastic. <laughs> I could imagine it. And they played. I thought they, you know, it was. I think probably everyone at the club there was probably really positive with the performance on the day. Absolutely. Even Liverpool fans were saying, you know what, you made us poo ourselves. Yeah. It, they, they were frightened. They they were so nervous. I mean, obviously, when they scored, they, they didn't shut up then because that's yeah. what 
Portugal fans are like. But <laughs> but um, no, we we managed to shut them down quite a few times. You know, I was got very very impressed with our um, performance on Saturday. Can't lie. Oh, absolutely. And what would your, uh, your your performance rating be for that, Lucy? Eight, along with Jack, it's an eight. You're giving it eight. I gave it an eight on my instant reaction. I probably you probably watched that in the match vlog. And you man of the match, Toti Gomez. Got to go for him. Toti was... Gomez is really getting so many votes tonight. He's class. He's absolutely class. That lad does not stop from start to finish. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He, he did oh, really. I mean, and to be honest, to play in that game on that stage in that moment. With the, I mean, Anfield is probably as raucous as we're ever going to hear it. With yeah. all of that going on around for a young man, a baptism, a baptism of fire. He was, he was fantastic. To be he fair, was. And, you know, he really was. It's just amazing. You look at Chiquino and Teti Gomez and Kilman. You know, young lads. I ate Norrie who's come on. We've got, you know, Pedro Neto. They're all very young. They're lads. Actually- Still, get, and they're only going to get improved. And this is why, you, you know, um, we'll come on to the question with the likes of Matinho, who's an elder statesman of the team. Obviously, it seems like Neves is going to go. We'll come on to that comment before we close this, uh, which is the question that uh, that he asked Matinho when he was cutting his hair about Neves. And I'll come on to what uh, Matinho said about that because um, I've got to keep everyone waiting to the end for that. Um, <laughs> What would you do if you know? Do you, you you know? Would you stick out for if Wolves and say sorry? We're not sure. We just want to give you a one year. See how it goes, or would you say do you know what? I mean, I think from from the, the vibe that I was getting off uh, his barber and the conversation he had, Matinho would probably take less money, but have a longer contract because oh, and he just... wants to see his career out with Wolves all day long. That bloke is a wolf through and through now and he needs to stay with us he wants to stay really? you see he needs you know, to I was, as, as i said i was i was talking um earlier as as i said about it with uh, with nino who cuts who actually just cut his hair um i've seen the pictures i've seen the i've seen the whatsapp messages of him and jose saw i've seen the photographs in his house with the two of them um, I've heard the stories and stuff like that. And Joe Matinho has stated to him when he's asked the question, he wants to stay at Wolves. That's what he wants to do. He just yeah. wants a two-year contract, not necessarily on the same money, because he basically turned around to Nino and said, Nino, it's not about the money. You know, it's about the contract length. So, you know, he is highly paid, you know, £100,000 a week. We can only dream of. He's a professional footballer, but you know, for someone like Joe Matinho, probably an intelligent guy, who probably Wolves went back and said like seventy, but we'll give you a two-year contract. He probably would turn around and go, "Yeah, that's that that's fine." But he also wants from one of the things that have got out of the conversation is the likes of Matinho want Wolves to show the ambition and bring the players in so that they can try and win a trophy and Matinho um, is you know wanting Wolves to back up the team to make it stronger 
so that you know that we can have an even better season next year. So if it was for you, you'd give him the two-year contract. And what if you were sending a message to Jeff and the Scott Sellers? You right now, Scott say Scott Sellers and Jeff is watching. Hold on. Um, you're focus on Lucy. You're talking to Jeff and Scott Sellers. What's your message? Get it done. That we need Matinho. Our players need Matinho. Our young players need Matinho. We need Matinho. Sign that contract. Done. Fantastic. Get the two-year <laughs> contract done. Fantastic. Done. Uh, Lucy, your moments of the uh, the weekend? Oh, to be honest, when I went last night to go and watch the boys. Oh, the under-23s, of the course, 23. you were there as well. Where, yeah, yeah. Were you oh, down well, in the lower tier? Yes, I was in the lower tier, yes. Yeah. I was but, sitting uh, in the press box last night. Oh, no, we missed it. I know. Devils, you. I had, I had a table. If I had a table in front of me with my cup of tea, oh. um, and everything was a spare thing, so I'd like I had my cup of tea. I sat there. It was lovely little view. Um, <laughs> being up there for a change, and uh, obviously, I've, if you haven't seen it, I put a, it's about ninety seconds long. I got both goals and the celebration. It was uh, it was fantastic. I've seen uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it was great, and uh, obviously, you went with your son. Yes, yes, I went with my son, yes, and, and he didn't, he, Sam's not a football fan, he doesn't do football, never has, Yeah, he really, really enjoyed himself last night, he really enjoyed it. That's fantastic, so, yeah. of course a lot of the players came over to some of the young fans at the end giving out uh, tops and shirts and shoes and you know, boots and gloves and stuff like that, which was lovely, wasn't it? And it, it was. It, it, it's great to end the weekend. It is. Uh, with, with a win. Big, something to celebrate. Something and there was nearly 5,000 there to support him as well. There was loads, wasn't there? It was great. And the traffic to get there was a nightmare. But... I noticed, yes, I noticed <laughs> that it was. We got in early as well because we went and had a, had a little bite to eat. We ended up in, uh, we was going to go to a couple of other places, but we were close. We ended up in having a Nando's, which was nice when you haven't had a Nando's for ages. You know, Nando's, if you're watching this and you want to sponsor the channel, please get in touch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fantastic. Someone send Nando's that. <laughs> Mate, um, absolutely brilliant. Um, so, uh, final question before we go. Tenth, happy or not? I'm happy. I'm happy. At the start of the season, I'd have took tenth um, and above anyway. So, I'm, I'm happy. With the um, injuries that we've suffered throughout the season, I think tenth is very fair. To be honest, a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, well, we could have had, could have, would have, should have." Bore off, bore off. Tenth is very fair for the struggles that we've had with the players that we've had out. I think tenth's fair. Fantastic, and, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, hold on, Josh has said Nando's can get all us pundits and Dave a special membership card to give us free food away. That that sounds like a plan, Josh. Get on to it, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I love in the in the chat as well. Everyone's having a right, proper good chat with each other, which is what I love about the channel. And um, the one thing I will say, um, if I can find it, 
if you do want to become a member and support the channel, there are four options. Lucy, you're a member, aren't you? I am. I and am. what would you say to people about becoming a member? Do it. It's so worth it. So and worth it. And I'll put the link in there. So if you are interested, it does help support the channel. And uh, we do have our own Discord group and other things as well. Feel free to get involved with that. That would be so appreciated because it does literally help pay for the software and stuff to do the streams and things like that. So thank you so much. Lucy, you're an absolute superstar. You're becoming a little regular. And um, I know you'll be back, won't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. I might talk as much as the others and make much sense, but I love you. Know, you know, don't you do yourself a disservice. <laughs> You've got personality, Lucy, and you come on and you say things in your own way. And yeah. that's what then that's what it's all about. We're all different. We all say things in different ways, but we all want one things. We want our team. We love our team and regardless of the manager and the players and what division we're in, we'll yeah. still be supporting the team. But we do oh, want Olsen to get their fingers out and back as what OK and a lot of the others have been saying. It's a very key summer transfer window. And we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up next, coming up next with uh, Andy and then Scott. Lucy, thanks ever so much, mate. Thanks so much for the season. You and Emma are brilliant. Love you to pieces. And Emma, you're not getting rid of me now. <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing in the background. Carl says, Lucy talks a lot of sense. It's nice having her a member in the group. And oh. Katie also says, money well spent with the membership. Um, Trudy says the Discord group is brilliant because we're all like, you it get to chat during every single day. There's conversations going on with that. So do think about it uh, and say, you're going to get involved in a lovely group of people. Uh, you do get some extra value, and we do have the Discord group, so get on to that. I uh, know Scott, who coming on later, he's also uh, a member as well. Lucy, thanks ever so much, mate. See you, I'll see you soon. You're very welcome. See you soon. Take Cheers, care. mate. Bye. So that's Lucy, top, top lady. And next, we've got a real, I'm really, really excited to get this, uh, this young man back on. Um, and then we're going to have stopped Scott to finish us off with Andy. How are you doing, mate? Hi, Dave. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Are you? Absolutely brilliant, mate. It's so good uh, to have you back on the channel. Um, and I know that you've found time tonight. How's your dad, by the way? He's all right. Thank you for asking. Yes. Yeah. So he had a, a little fall, but uh, yeah, he's all right. So uh, yeah. For, um... You see, we could get the camera a little bit closer to you. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we can get see more of your face. Uh, there we go. That's good. Andy, um, you're a top bloke. Obviously, for those that don't know Andy Pierce, and you didn't see his debut, Andy uh, as a, was basically very instrumental up until recently when you sold your business mm -hmm. in housing all the Wolves players. That's correct, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, so you know the likes of Matinho and Neves and and you know like uh, Raul and Connor and you know pretty much all the players, don't you? Yeah, I've been fortunate to uh, have dealt with quite a few of them. So uh, it's about a bit sad to see some of them potentially leaving or uh, some of them definitely leaving at the end of this uh, 
this season. It's a bit of an end of an era, isn't it, really? You know, well, Marcel's gone. Um, he's going to Brazil. Did you house him? Yes, yeah. Went to say goodbye to him at the weekend. It's um, it's quite sad, really, when you see the other side of it, because obviously there's kids and families and friendships that have been built up and uh, often very hard. I mean, when Rui left, for example, his kids, they'd be, their first school, their first friends were all in Wolverhampton. It, it's, yeah. you know, a big upheaval, but... Uh, but that's football, isn't it? You know, I mean, you were mentioning earlier there's a lot of players potentially moving on, like uh, Marcel, John Ruddy, perhaps Romain. And they're all sort of that side of 30 where perhaps they need to move on anyway. And yeah. we've got Totti coming through, haven't we? And uh, Chikento is his all, um, and all these, and obviously Max, who are all in their early 20s. And that's just the way you have to develop football squads, isn't it? It is, um, unfortunately, a, a cycle where players come have a few good seasons and unfortunately move on. Um, I know you were talking earlier to the other guests about obviously Joe having a, a two-year extension. And I think with a lot of the old players moving out, it's crucial that perhaps keep him for his experience. As you said, he's one of the fittest at the clubs in training. Um, his influence not only on the pitch, but off the pitch is, you know, monumental. So hopefully that will be something that the club agree and uh, they'll give him... Apparently, it's a two-year contract he wants, isn't it? Which, as you said earlier, he's not a flying winger, so he doesn't need to run up and down and sprint. He can control the game. So, hopefully, they'll give him that two-year contract and he can help stabilise the club through, a hopefully, a busy transfer window with a lot of new faces coming in. Absolutely. I just want to, first of all, just come back on to some of your points. I want to say a big thank you to Josh. He's become a, a, a new member of the channel I will drop you a message with the link to the Discord group um, a little later before I go bed, Josh, uh, for that. But thank you for supporting. That means a lot. Um, on to John Ruddy. Um, mm. Did you house him? When he first arrived, yes, but he actually brought somewhere up here. Um, <laughs> after he um, but uh, fortunately, I did see him on Saturday to say goodbye to him as well, which is nice. So I think he's playing. To, obviously, again, he's got two kids has he so it's been very hard to live up here and leave his wife sort of to bring the kids up back down in Norwich so, so again hopefully he'll find a, a club back down that way and uh, he's been a great servant to the club I mean obviously in that promotion year is magnificent but again another character off the pitch in the dressing room that it's going to be hard to replace isn't it so he is mate and have you got any interesting story of a, of a time that you spent with John Ruddy? Um, no, not really. He's, um, I think he's an avid golfer, and uh, I'm not, unfortunately. So, uh... <laughs> well, I'm not an avid golfer. If you saw my um, my vlog that I did, although we got that hole in one with the uh, British Masters, I did have a go though. Um, yeah. But that was fun. Um, and um, Matinho, obviously talked about him. I'm guessing you know him reasonably well as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Perhaps got to know him a little bit better. So. Um... Very private guy and uh, very family orientated, as you said earlier. Uh, you know, a real professional. Um, so, yeah, um, let's hope he stays. Yeah, I do hope he stays, mate. And um, you got feeling on Nevis because I'm guessing you also know Nevis and his family as well. Because I think you have housed him. Yes. You know, is you, it's the vibe that you get in that he, you know, obviously looks that way. You know that he's already setting up for leaving? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, it's 
obviously he's got his sort of private um, life and, and everything that's going on and, and things that are dealt with. So um, I don't think many fans would be grudging moving on. I mean, he's been a magnificent servant and with the World Cup coming up this year, you know, he wants to play Champions League football or... So, I mean, obviously salary isn't really something that could entice him to stay because any club could offer him, you know, as much as we could. It, it's, it's trophies and playing against the best teams in the world in the Champions League. So, I don't know. I could understand if he did go. Um, obviously, don't want to breach any confidences or anything. So, we'll just have to wait and see. But whether he stays or whether he goes, you know. Where's you got, that, where do you think he'll go? Where's your gut feeling? I don't know. I mean, I had a, know as, as little as you do, you know, I thought perhaps Arsenal might be one, but they're not in the Champions League now. Um, so you've got to wonder where he would go. Um, certainly you want European football. I think he wants to stay in the Premier League as well. So um, I don't know. Will Chelsea be spending big now this deal's going through with the new American owner? Um, and do they need a midfielder of that ilk? I don't know. What about somewhere like Tottenham? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could always be one, couldn't it? I mean, it's um, and he very much likes London, doesn't he? It's a big club, great manager, Champions League, magnificent stadium. So you couldn't be grudging moving there. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I think it's going to be a busy summer. I think the transfer windows over the last year or two have been rather stagnated with COVID. So there hasn't been as much movement as usual. So. I think sort of the doors are going to be open this year and not only for Wolves, but I think most clubs is going to be a huge amount of, of movement. So I think it's going to be quite interesting. I think it really is, mate. Now, we obviously you went uh, to Anfield. We didn't get a chance to meet up in the end because we was hoping to get you on the uh, the instant reaction after the game, but it, things didn't pan out. Um, we didn't get a chance to quite meet up. It's a big ground to try and catch up with someone anyway. Um, but how was your day and what was your uh, thoughts of the game? Yeah, it was a good day out. I mean, obviously, it's great to be involved in that drama, isn't it, at the end of the season where, you know, the atmosphere is great and almost the pantomime of them not going to win the league, going to win the league, everything else. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I thought Wolves played really well. Um, one of the best performances of Lace. A um, couple of negatives there with, I think I mentioned to you, some of the trouble in the crowd flares that has been reported. Um, Wasn't some of those flares near uh, Connor's family? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was kids there, probably about four years old. I think flares nearly hitting people's head. Coins been thrown. There's a lady behind me or a, a girl had a drink thrown on her, um, thrown on her from above. It wasn't nice, you know. Um, and obviously you can point out the, the scousers and, the, you know, the crowd was sort of having a go. But, but equally... I think there was flares thrown from both sets of fans. I saw one of the police dogs near the uh, um, flare land on, 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 on the dog as well. So it wasn't nice, that side of things. And it makes you wonder how we can get them in from football because, I mean, we all like to go. You go with your partner, don't you? And, you know, I used to take my daughter. You want families there and this sort of thing. It was quite unsafe. I mean, there's flares coming from above. All it takes is one flare to hit you in the eye and that's it you know you're blinded so it put a bit of a dampener on on the atmosphere there and that's why I didn't meet you after I was just sort of trying to get off home but uh, but that aside I thought it was a fantastic performance we sort of caught them cold 
I mean, the way Neto started that game was brilliant. You know, obviously had that disallowed, disallowed goal at Anfield a few years ago. So he really yeah, stopped. That was quite nice. I'm glad he got the goal because it was disallowed for someone's heel running the opposite, running back towards oh, the wall. Yeah. Goal. It was crazy. Jazza, what, Jazza, thank you very much. Jazza's a Liverpool fan. And he'd say, would like to say thank you for making the last game thoroughly entertaining and look forward to welcoming Wolves back at Anfield next year. That's really nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I was chatting to quite a few Liverpool fans. I've got some friends going to Paris next week. Whereas there was other fans outside and it was really hostile. You know, the police horses were involved. And But there's bad elements in every club, isn't there, unfortunately? It's just, I think, the drama of the day and the four o'clock kickoff made it a little bit more... Uh, Problematic to police, but um, but yeah, performance-wise, I think there was a lot of positives from Wolves. I mean, you mentioned, as everyone has, sort of Gomez's performance. He was absolutely fantastic, wasn't he, at the back? You know, oh, he was. He was great. Is he your man of the match, or are you going to go with someone else? Um, I, I was really pleased to see Willie Bolly play so well. Um, yeah. Was saying as well, people have been on his back saying he lost a yard of pace, whatever. He was immense. I mean, Jason mentioned that one tackle, which sort of. You know, the crowd absolutely loves. So it was great to see him play so well. So between those two, probably go for Gomez because he was, you know, new to that sort of atmosphere. So it must have been quite, well, a massive game for him. So, so oh, incredible. I mean, you know, to, to play so well as a young man, not really experiencing anything like that on that occasion is sensational, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it bodes well for next season. I mean, obviously you've got him. Kilman, Cody, Yerson. Um, I mean, there's quite a, a good bit Will of... Get Ch what's his name? Choi Kosfi or from Burnley? Talkowski. Yeah. He'd be a good signing, don't you think? Yeah, he would, yes, yeah. I would imagine he'd be moving on, wouldn't he? So, um... he's, uh, Burnley got one or two, two or three players that are really top-notch. And, he, you know, they don't, don't concede many. So, I think he would work quite well, especially if Bruno Large is looking to go to a back four. Um, mm. Potentially, he could be one that could come in. Um, City Mad said, um, I thought Wolves played great in the Liverpool game, should have had two or three goals. Well, that's the uh, that's yeah. the old crux of the season, and it made the chances we had, uh, we, we should have. Um, but you got with Totty Gomez, what about your performance rating? Um, probably about seven, seven and a half, I think. So... Seven and a half, your moment of the day. Um, I think for Pedro scoring that goal must have been great for him, you know, to come back after all the hard work he's put in. Um, and unfortunately, then to have to go off injured, I think it was great to end the season with the goal. And I think next year, when he's had a pre season, oh, he and he's fully fit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is exciting in, in some respects. If you, I mean, obviously, with there's with you know, there's players going, Neves being the key one, Matinho we talked about, we don't want to lose him, you know, there's others that might go out, you know, but when you look at the likes of um, Pedro Neto, yeah. you look at Daniel Pedence, you look at, um, you know, Pedence, you look at Chiquino, all of these, you know, you've got Ryan Giles that'll be coming back probably being in and around the squad as well. We've got some really good strength in depth in terms of like the wide forward areas. The key question for me is, um, for you, obviously there's Raul and there's Fabio, but 
as part of the investment in the summer, obviously we're talking about midfield and with you know, do we need a new focal striker? I think we do, don't we? we haven't scored enough goals. Um, I think that the style of play has probably prohibited that a lot because for us there was nothing really to play for except payments from placements in the league, and we were two one down and still we sort of had Leander playing on your right midfield row. Role. You've just mentioned Podance didn't come on. Chikenso didn't come on, you know. Um, surely they'd have been a lot more attacking. Um, or even going back to what Jason said, you know, take Huang off and, and put Podance up there. Or There were so many more attacking options that we could have sort of utilised. That would have made it a much more sort of exciting finale to the game. And we had nothing to lose, really. So, in that sort of sense, I was a bit disappointed Bruno perhaps didn't look to bring more of the players on um, and attack Liverpool because obviously they were going for second, third goal. So, break someone like Podance, or as you say, and I keep pronouncing his name wrong, sorry, Chukento. <laughs> I mean, he's. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his pace, it was just crying out for it, really. So, um, going back to sort of signings for the summer. It's all well and good, but if they're sort of sitting back and we're playing in a stifled formation, um, yeah, you need to perhaps have a look at how we're going to be more expansive next year and hopefully that'll be something perhaps Bruno does in the summer. And um... Well, I, th- I think that's the key thing because we all know his preferred system is the 4 2 3 one, mm-hmm. which is why I think Trincao could be an asset in that formation. I've we've, I've been swinging to in and fro in with Trincao because we've seen some glimpses of how good he, the quality is. And then we've seen other games where the match is passing by. But I do think when you've got a pedence on the pitch or someone that he links up with, you, it seems to be the best out of him. And when we've changed the, the formation a little bit. So I don't know whether he's worth 25 million, but I think 15 million would be possibly like they did with a deal with eight Noru could and if they're playing a different formation that works better for him he could have something I'm not I'm, I'm not sure on Wang um although he's strong and he's direct and stuff and he scored a couple of goals he's had so many opportunities recently and he's got the nod over like the players that you mentioned with and he kept falling over and he didn't seem to be in tune with the game so I <laughs> I think the jury's out on Wang. Obviously, he'll be here next season and maybe as pre-season and coaching with the new system, maybe both of those players will start to shine. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a language thing as well because he seemed to be on a different wavelength to both the full-backs and Raul. You know, it was so frustrating at times, wasn't it? The, uh, the sort of pot- uh, potential to interlink play and he was making the wrong decision. So, I don't know. Um but going back to um, um, Trincao, I mean, against Chelsea, he looked fantastic, didn't he? You know, yeah. and, he, and he's hardly had a sniff since then. But again, I think he's the type of player where someone's got to get the ball and give it to him. And we're not sort of playing that formation in many games. So, um, yeah, as you say, is he worth paying 20, 25 million for if we're going to keep him on the bench the majority of the time and he doesn't suit the style of play. It's, it's all big decisions on which direction and where we want to go as a club, really. So uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating summer. Um, it's, it's going to be a roller coaster, and I hope they go early. Yes. Um, 
So your moment of the day? Yeah, Neto's goal, certainly. Yeah. Neto's goal. Is there life elsewhere in the universe? Intelligent yeah. life? Got proof as well. You've got proof? Proof, yes, yeah. Hold uh, on, hold the front pages. I'll send this it. Could be an exclusive, go on. On the ring device outside my mum's house, we've got little lights coming and going, flying everywhere over a number of nights that keep coming back. So um, we've sent it around to a few friends and family and, yeah, it's definitely aliens. So I'll send you a clip of it and you can have a look and give me your opinion. Mate, send us a clip. And when we come back after the uh, closed season, we're going to put that clip <laughs> on the uh, the screen and we're going to have a world exclusive and yeah. then hopefully we won't have the likes of NASA and the FBI and all of that, you know, the American, you know, trying to close us down because we've got this clip and proof of aliens. But like you heard it here first. So that's fantastic. Um, a comment uh, on the under 23s and the, and the Wolves women? Um, under 23s, brilliant. Um, really pleased with them. Know a few of the lads and, and their families. Uh, I mean, I think um, Jason mentioned Tim. Ollie's dad earlier on, I know Tim from when I was younger as well, but some of the, the other lads who've come over, like Cham, the goalkeepers there, I've got to know them and a few of the family, and it's just brilliant to see them have success. Um, so that was great. Um, again, women's, I didn't make it on Saturday, unfortunately. I know we spoke and you were going down to the game, um, but I took quite an interest in that with, um, obviously, Lewis at Energy Angel sponsoring them there. So, uh, um Hopefully, I'll get to watch a few of their games next year. So, uh, yeah. Do you, know, do you know Lewis? Yes, yes, yeah. Can you put a word in? Because I'm like, I've been talking to him about like getting some backing with the channel. Can you put a word in? Well, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll send him a message. No problem at all. Yeah, he needs to get involved with this, mate, because it'd be good for them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they're big supporters of the Wolves women and they do some fantastic stuff. They really back uh, the women seriously. Um, which is fantastic for the uh, for the Wolves women. Obviously, they've got the branding on the shirt and everything. So it's it's fantastic that they give such support uh, to the Wolves women. And I think it's fantastic what they've achieved this year. And they should have they should have automatically go promoted. But I think there's only big things to come from Wolves and Wolves women in the next five or ten years. I can see them. Hopefully, the Wolves could continue to reinvest in them as well, and they can go all the way to the WSL. I'm hoping. Um, because it's good for the Wolves. I mean, Wolves have invested in fashion, esports, music, but the brand is also about the women's side as well, and that's only going to be good for the brand as a whole, isn't it? Yeah, I think I was speaking to someone last week, heavily involved in uh, women's football. I think they were involved with the recent contract at the lady at Arsenal, this big new contract she's offered. They were saying in 10 years' time they envisage women's football the income and salaries to be on the same level as the men's football. So it's a massive growing sector. So um, as you say, it's great that Wolves are, are excelling in it and hopefully things will continue to uh, to go well for women's football. I'll certainly go and watch a few more games next year anyway. So we'll have to go down and watch a couple together. Yeah, yes, mate. And uh, we, we, obviously we're going to get that game of tennis going soon as well. We're going to meet up. So I'm looking forward to actually getting to spend some time with you, which would be nice. Um, final question before we move on to Scott, who's bringing up the rear. Um, <laughs> top 10, happy or not? Um, I think the anti-climax of it all is, is what's killed it for us, isn't it? You know, I mean, if we'd have won, I think we would have been joint 
top finish, would it? Yeah. But um, I think the big frustration is the last, you know, so many games where we've just played poorly, thrown it away, and the potential to have reached Europe has left it all really perhaps on a, a negative note when it could have been such a triumphant season. But I'm sure after a couple of weeks off, looking back, yeah, you know, it's looking at the investment we made, you know, the transition of manager, new bringing in a complete new backroom staff, then I suppose we've got to be happy with 10. We weren't fighting relegation as people were, some people were perhaps um, suggesting, you know, it wasn't um, a season without any excitement. We've had some fantastic performances and up until the end, we were sort of, in with a shout for Europe. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's um, not been as disappointing as we think. It's just, as I say, sad that we sort of underachieved in the last few games, as it were. We got to a point where we could have achieved so much more and then it kind of feels like, you say, a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. Like, if it had taken 10 to the start of the season, everyone would have gone, yeah, OK, solid first year. We've had to, It's improvement on 13th. We're moving in the right direction. But because we got within, we got in our own hands to have, achieve much more and then it's kind of like we've messed it up and it's sort of some of the decision making and obviously we had some bad injuries of bad time, Kilman, Pedence, Neves, you know it we, it we just fell away but I think it was some of the performances as well um, that have led, I mean Liverpool at the weekend, that's the Wolves that we, we know and love Yeah, and but why haven't we shown that in some games like against Norwich and stuff like that when, you know, we were so assertive? But you take it, you park it. Wolves have got some decisions to make. Fosen have got some decisions to make. They've got to back Bruno if they're going to back him. They've got to give him the players to play the system that he wants and they've got to go for it and they've got to make the right decisions and they haven't got to faff about with it. They've got to get it done. Villa have already gone in the transfer window already and made a signing. United have already made a signing. We can't faff about. We've got to be making the decisions. Get the decisions done. I spoke to Russell Jones um, <laughs> after the um, the game against Wolves Women. I introduced him to Emma from the Her Game too. And Russell's a sound bloke. He's obviously mainly over the marketing side of things. And I did have a good 10-minute chat with him outside of Edgeley Park. And one of the messages that I was getting across is they won't get away with it this this summer from the fan base if they don't make the right decisions and the right moves because the fans have been quite patient. I've been quite patient and understanding. We got away with it a bit in January because we had a good season, a good January and February, and we were playing well and we were winning. We got the manager of the month, and it's a difficult month. And we had the pandemic last summer, so you can get it. But this summer. It, it, it kind of feels really like a real tipping point one way or the other. They've got to back and they've got to bring in the right players. They've got to make the right decisions and they've got to show the club, show the fans that they're serious about getting this top six, top four. And we've got to go again. I'm hoping that's the latter. Russell says, trust Foson to make the right decisions. So we're gonna we're gonna have to obviously trust that they're gonna make the right moves, and um, let's we'll judge and the fan base will judge it on yeah. what's done this summer and what happens. We all saw 
that they never backed with Raul. They never bought in the backup striker and it cost us. We've got to make sure they make the right. And let's hope they do. Fantastic. Yeah, haven't we, with, um, you know, all the, the agents and the contacts and obviously Fosin have got the finances as well. So, um, but the big worry is, of course, you've got Newcastle now who are going to be a lot better than they were. Leicester, West Ham, Leicester, West United, it's going Burton, to be Brighton. The league, yeah. You know, Leeds stayed up. You know, you've got Fulham with momentum and yeah. Casterburn. You know, it's 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 a tough league, the Premier League. And if you don't, if you stand still, you go backwards. So let's. We've got. To, I'm going to take Russell on his on what he says. He's a top bloke. He's a really nice chap. He's a proper Wolves fan as well. We, he's obviously more marketing than than stuff, but he is involved. And he basically said, "Trust that we'll do the right thing." So let's um, let's hope that they do. Yeah. Mate, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Nice to speak to you, Dave. And um, have a good break. I know how hard you work doing all this sort of stuff. So we'll. Uh... We'll have a I'm rel- not having a break though. That's the thing, Andy. I'm still I'm having a break from having to do the match previews, the match reactions, and stuff yeah. like that. But there will still be lots of content coming. Um, lots of things to get involved, but it is a little bit more downtime, yeah. uh, which is kind of nice. Nice. You can have a look at these UFO researches as well. And uh, well, you're going to send me that. We're going to yeah. send me the video, aren't you? You can start doing that in the summer and help me find uh, and prove prove what's going on out there. <laughs> that's, it. that's it we're going to start our own X-Files mate yeah, yeah, yeah. so alright then Dave well thanks ever so much for inviting me on and uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon yeah we will do mate we've got to have a bit more time now so we'll get that sorted brilliant okay thanks cheers, again pal. okay thanks a lot cheers mate bye bye so that's Andy who is a top top lad and is such a patient lad this next one and he's such a top guy. I want to also remember, uh, Scott. Oh, yeah. Uh, you did, mate, thank you so much for being so patient. You messaged me and said, can I come on tonight? I was like, of course you can come on. We ain't had you on for a little while, have we? I've uh, been really busy. You've been incredibly busy. Um, obviously, with your 7,000 Bushby teams that you've now got going. In fact, you actually, I could have had a game, couldn't I? I could because you you had to, you were having a charity game, and he went, um, Dave, come down. He can, we'll get you on for the second half, and it's like it's kicking off the same time as the Norwich match, and he was like, oh yeah. So, uh, but we'll get that one because I'm sure you've got me a top somewhere with my name on it. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere. I remember you talking, asking me my, my size. Anyway, loads of people are saying. Um, Welcome to having you back. You've got your Bushby top on there. Just before we get on, let, let us know how Bushby have got on in the league this year and in what division do they play in? So, we've got three teams, two of which are in leagues. Um, both have had bad seasons because of changes in manager for both sides. Um, and the developmental team are have had a new manager chairman? as well. Sorry? Are you the chairman? Yes. Chairman, player, manager, everything. Okay. So you've sacked the manager and become manager? <laughs> I didn't sack him. Um, basically, it was a disagreement on a few things and he chose to walk. So you sacked him? <laughs> he chose to walk. <laughs> um, was he walk or was he pushed? Were you, were you ruthless? You're not, a Wat- you're not like the Watford chairman that basically sacks the manager and becomes the manager himself. 
No, unfortunately not. Um, the you one team there, the manager and the chairman. The the one team though, our afternoon team, I've took over that one. Um, just because the lad who was in charge chose to uh, step down because he said it was just a bit um, difficult for him. So I've took yeah. over that one. And we're just at the minute, we're in the middle of doing our, um, it's in between seasons. So what we do now is a lot of charity work. Uh, we've had quite a lot of charity games that have come up. Uh, we played one recently in crew on Saturday against um, Calm. 84 FC crew, which is for the Calm Charity uh, campaign against living miserably. We raised £200 on our own for that. I don't know how much they raised. Um, and that was a really good game, really entertaining match at Bentley Motors, of all places. Wow. Because um, they all work there, apparently, from what they were telling us. And then we went straight from there onto Sunday, where we travelled to Rugeley for a developmental match. Because the developmental, they don't stop. They'll keep playing throughout the year. Yeah. And at the minute now, we've got another developmental match in Newport, Shropshire tomorrow night. And then on Saturday, a friend of mine who passed away recently, um, we're doing um, a match to raise funds to help for his funeral on Saturday. And then next week, we're taking a group of lads to Spain for a tournament. No way. Yeah, it's called the the Copa Peña Barlas Bar Barla. I can't pronounce it. It's like basically Barcelona, but it's got Nister at the end instead of Lona. Are you going with that one as well? Oh yeah, I go to every game. Of course you do. That's why you've booked a win tournament in Spain, isn't it? You you're like you're well, we not just, daft, are you? We just found out today we play in because it's a group stage format. So in our group, we've got two teams from France and a team from uh, Holland. That's fantastic, mate. You, you, like I say, you are incredibly busy, but you found time to come on tonight. Yeah. Uh, which of the games have you managed to uh, catch over the weekend from the women, the under-23s and the, the men's team? Uh, well, the Liverpool one, I managed to get the second half because um, yeah. we got back from crew and I managed to catch it. And then the women's one, I didn't see, but the under-23s, I caught the, a glimpse of that one as well. On the and street. I, I'll tell you, the one thing i got to say about the under-23s is Luke Kundal's got to be a part of our team next season in the Premier League. Well, I'll the tell lad, you what, I've okay, made, he's, he's made a very big point here. You've got to be single or have the best missus ever. I've got the best missus ever. <laughs> oh, you've got kids as well, ain't you? Yeah, I've got four kids, a dog and a hamster. Four kids, a dog and a hamster. Have you got a fish? No, no, no. <laughs> Not got a fish, right, but mate, you are. It's, it's fantastic, mate. You, you, you know, you, you've got such a passion, and I've got so much time for you, Scott, because you do. You, you, you're all about grassroots football. You know, you live and breathe Bushbury. It was your little brainchild doing two or three years. I know the results haven't been, you know, in competitively, but you've got a group and you've created a group of three teams. I mean, how many players have you got now? So over those three teams, we've just got over 90 players at the club. 90 players? Yeah. That's insane. How do you recruit them all? Uh, they just contact us and ask us if they want to play. Like some, some of the most, some of the lads that we've recruited have come through friends of players. 
Some have come from online contacting us and then some have just seen us out of the park training and asked if they can join in. But the thing what we do at Brushbury is we don't we don't judge you by your ability. So for most teams, they'll do a trial system where they'll invite people to come down and try out. And if they're not good enough, they'll get rid of them and keep the best. We kind of do that, but we do it a lot nicer. So what we do is we pick the best of the best for the league teams. Yeah. And then the rest go into developmental and developmental is there so they can still learn, still train and still play games. And I was proud to, to because our season technically ended, uh, I think a bit, it was about a week ago now. And the crew game, the charity one was the start of what we call our new season. And when I was writing the post on social media to say thank you and everything, I did all the maths and stuff and we given 112 players game time over 79 games, which include league, cup, friendlies, charity games. And 91 of those lads were still with us at the time. And since of that since of that status, since then, it's grown to 97 now, I think. Yeah. At the club, so. Okay, says Scott Fairplay, born and lived in Bushbury for 25 years before he moved away. My best memories and I'm proud of the place I came from. Me too. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. I mean, really keep up the good work, mate. And one of these days, I will get down and I'll kick a ball for you. I'll, you know, I'll give you the miss. I'll be the missing link. You know, <laughs> I'll give you the missing link, mate. Um, I mean, obviously, you saw some of the game. Um, I'm not going to ask you to give you man of the match and your performance, right? Because obviously, you didn't get a chance to see all of it. But you can contribute on that if you want. But in terms of like uh, your moment of the weekend, what would you, uh, you know, it can be anything to do with football. Well, the big one was the charity one because anything with charity work with Bushbury, I'm incredibly proud of what we do with the lads because these lads don't have to contribute money to the games, but they do it and they travel that distance as well also to play in these games. Like the furthest we've ever gone is Newcastle. And that was for a game against a team called Team North for the Bradley Lowry Foundation. And it was it was an amazing um, day. Like the lads were saying, because some of the lads stopped over and they went out to, on like, you know, the night time and uh, went to nightclubs. And obviously the locals were basically saying to them, like, why are you here? And as soon as they told them why they were here, they were getting hugs from the locals. And I didn't believe it. I thought they were just winding me up. But then... I found out later that, no, it's quite a common thing because Bradley Larry is so loved up north in that area. So anything that people do for him, they're, they're incredibly proud of. And the lads loved it that much. They asked me, like, can we arrange it again? But the Newcastle lads are coming to us. And we've got a match against them now on the June the 18th at Sporting Calcer in Willenall. Um, again, for the Bradley Larry Foundation. That's fantastic. And we're, looking, we're really looking forward to that one. But this weekend, we raised 200 quid again, which brings our total to almost £4,000 since we've been doing it. That's fantastic, mate. Keep up the good work, uh, what you're doing. You're making a difference. You're getting people from different backgrounds involved with that. Keep, and I know you work incredibly hard, uh, Scott, incredibly proud of what you do. So well done to you. Well, I'm off uh, sick now. <laughs> I'm off sick now. I was in work on Monday and I pulled my back. Oh, my God. This so, probably yeah. It's that back back pain is not very nice. Uh, what would you um, would you say about the where Wolves have finished tenth in the end this season? 
Well, the way we've got to look at it is this. It's it's Bruno Large's first season as manager of Wolves. Um, from the off, a lot of people like myself were more, you know, sceptical about it because we were still, you know, we still wanted Nuno in a way. Um, but as the games went on, you could see he was a more attacking manager. He gave more of a chance to youth players. This is why you've seen Kundal play more. Um and there was so many good moments throughout the season. So for a first season in charge and seeing the way he was playing and seeing the chances he gave to youth players, for me, Temp's a good place to begin with. Now, the problem is now we need Fosen to back him in the transfer market in the summer, give him what he wants, because I don't really think he's been given what he really wants this season. Give him what he wants for this season coming, back him, and... I reckon we'll do a lot better than 10th next season. But the problem the problem that we've got is it's 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 upsetting to hear that, you know, Neves might go, Ruddy's already gone, Sace is looks like he's going. Marcel's so, gone. Yeah, Marcel's gone as well. It's it's a shame to see these players go, but in a sense, if Fosen are gonna go into the transfer market and bring in better quality or maybe fresh legs that are of the same quality or something then, okay, I'm, I'm all for it. But if you're going to do what you've done in the past, which is buy a player and say this is one for the future, then you're not backing the manager and you're only trying to reclaim the money that you've spent or lost. But I honestly trust Fosen. I honestly think they're going to go big this summer. But I'm just hoping they go big in the sense that they give Bruno what he wants rather than what's for the future or what Mendes says, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, mate. And that brings us on to uh, what Nino told me that Martino had said about Nevis. Um, um, he'd asked him the year before and he asked him this time. And uh, he and before he'd been a car, and uh, Martino basically uh, apparently shrugged and says, I, I don't know. And Nino basically said he reads into that that he does know, but he just obviously keeping his mouth shut on it and stuff like that. So, uh, a, a, again, I think the expectation is that Neves is going to leave. And, you know, I don't think... I think if he goes, it's got to be for at least 60 million. Let's hope that Wolves get the right decision. They don't cave and let him go for, like, something like 40 million or something like that. They need to get the right amount. Um, Matinho, you're uh, obviously a chairman and a ruthless chairman. Cutting the manager and taking charge yourself, but no. But in all seriousness, if you're like Chairman Jeff Shee right now, Martino uh, is saying to you, "Look, look, Jeff, aka Scott, I want a two-year contract, not a one-year contract. I don't mind taking a bit of a pay cut, though, if you give me that. What would what, what are you what are you doing? You'd be crazy to say no to him because you've got a player who is one of the best Portuguese players to come out of their country. He's come to Wolves. He's arguably going to stay with Wolves. If he if he gets this contract, he stays with Wolves the longest he's ever been to any other club, so somebody said earlier. Um, and the fact that if we are going to keep that young Portuguese people coming in to the club, that's a role model to look up to and learn from, like Neves did when Matinho first came in. Neves has learned from him. You go back to Neves... The way you keep Neves at the club is simple. It's not about money for Neves, because if it was, Neves would have probably gone ages ago. What it is about him 
is he believes in the project. He really does, because he wouldn't have left Porto, who were in Champions League, where he actually got to captain them in the Champions League. He wouldn't have left there and come to Wolves if he didn't believe in the project. And he's always said from the beginning that he's Wolves through and through. He supports the project. He honestly believes where Wolves are going to be and where Wolves are going. But something along the line between, well, recently, obviously Fuzan are not keeping their word on a few things. And Nevers has probably got to a point now of like, well, I was expecting this to happen to help us, and it hasn't. Why? And if he hasn't heard the answers that he wants to, then Neves is probably looking at the door. And I don't blame him because I reckon, I reckon if you give this team a good backing, get the manager, give the manager what he wants, give the players what they need around them, this team can do wonders, and you'll keep players like Neves. And you will achieve European football I like you want. I think that's one of some of the the things that, like I was talking about, the players want to see the ambition. They want to see the ambition. If Wolves are not backing it up with the ambition to, you know, get Europe, compete for trophies and silverware, then if they can see that that's not matching their own ambition, that's going to go. And someone like Nevis is at that point in his career now where if he's going to start winning things, he is he going to get that with Wolves? We, we wait. This is why I think it's so key. And we have to understand the financial restrictions and all of that that goes around it. And we haven't, you know, Wolves have been very savvy. They've brought in, you look at Chiquino, you look at Totti Gomez, you look at Neto, you look at Pudence, you look at Jose Sarr. You look at a lot of the players that we bought in, Neves, when he was, you know, all of these things, they've made a lot of good decisions. They've done, they've been very savvy on a lot of things. And you see that from Kilman as well. But there are, you know, okay, they've made, they probably paid too much for Fabio Silva. You know, I think that's clear. They got maybe stitched up a little bit there. They were a bit naive on the Triori thing with Barcelona paying his wages to go and play for them. He should have stayed. But Traor is gone. He's had his wish. He's gone to Barcelona. They're not taking him. He comes back with his tail between his legs. Does he accept the contract that Wolves are offering? When Wolves I reckon he would. Hey? I reckon he would. Well, he's, Wolves have been good to him. They've he's let him with... go to Barcelona. They've made it possible for him to go and follow his dream to go back to Barcelona. And Barcelona have turned around and gone, thanks, but we're not buying you. And that makes Wolves look daft. Now, if he's, if Traore's got some decency and credibility, really, he should turn around and, to the club and go, right, I've had a contract offer from Wolves, which we know Wolves have pulled the boat out to offer him a contract and he hadn't signed it for whatever reason, because I think he wanted to go back to Barcelona. And now he's come back, he should swallow his pride and sign the contract, even if, like, at the end of the day, he ends up leaving. At least Wolves get more value from him. So I'm hoping that happens, but we'll wait and see, because I still think Traore's got a potentially... Uh, is potentially an asset if you can someone can get him playing, but Barcelona have sent him back, and I think they've stitched Wolves over, and now they're after Neves as well, but... I feel, sorry hey? I feel sorry for him in, in a way as well, because when he went to Barcelona, that's his club. It's like saying, for example... I was at Barcelona because I'm a Wolves fan and I see Wolves in trouble. I want to go and help them. Can I go and help them? Wolves have let it, Barcelona lets me go and I go and help Wolves. But then Wolves have just turned their back on me. That's basically what's happened to Traore. He's gone to Barcelona when they're at the lowest. He's helped them. 
Um, I think Wolves I can't remember. Helped him, have, have allowed it to happen, and you yeah. know, made them look. So daft, I do uh, think, I do think, if Barcelona are not interested in buying him and he does come back, I reckon he will sign a new contract with Wolves because Wolves have been good to him. Whereas Barcelona showed their true colours, used him for the moment. I think who was it? It might be Dembele or somebody. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. He came back from injury, and they try always no no use to them. Yeah, they don't need him. That's what I'm hoping, mate, because, you know, if he's got some light ounce of something about him, he should turn around and go, yeah, they let, they they facilitated it. They let me follow my thing. Barcelona, my club, have basically not played me when he's come back and have now been ruthless and got rid of them saying I'm not having him. So let's hope that happens. Uh, be good for Wolves, good for him if that happens. Uh, life elsewhere in the universe, mate. I've been listening to the answers for this, and you know, there's some mostly the majority said, Yeah, there is life out there. I see it in a more of a funny way and more of a nerd way. So, the best way I can say it is, I hope there is life out there because you know, it's a big universe, you know, we're a small planet, and it would be awesome, you know, to know there's other life out there. But being a sci fi nerd and watching all these films like War of the Worlds, Independence Day, I'm hoping we don't actually, you know, meet life out there and it turns out to be like that. Because that would just be a... Someone else has said, like, um, they've sent out the Voyager things and basically saying, hello, we're here. And then, like, all the aliens, like, you know, like the... um, Back in the day with Columbus and, the, you know, the colonisation of America and all of these places, and then they just literally take it. That's the kind of thing, in it? It's like, and they come and then they're basically, technology's far superior and they just, like, wipe us all out, you know. But all you could end up having someone like E.T. who's really friendly and, um, you know, and he can't get home, but it, he, he wanted to phone home. But, of course, now you could just text or WhatsApp and he could have got home, but... Back in the day, we didn't even have proper phones then, did we? They just had the little old dial-up phones. It comes back to that other thing as well. Like everybody says, like if you think of back in the day how the pyramids were built, yeah, like there's, that that is like one of those biggest things where you think realistically, how were they built? Like a lot of people say, yes, they're man-made and there was a way to do it, but those those stones were weighed a ton, and there was no cars, there was no Tractors or anything like that, or any and the, uh, the interior of it, how they're designed as well. Perfection yeah. back in the day, Egypt was quite an advanced culture for that. See, this is what, uh, what, what's the um, what's the film that's based around the sci fi with the rings? And uh, what's it called? I was, about to, I was literally about to mention that Stargate, Stargate, yeah, because that's all based around that. I've watched all the yeah. series as well of that, yeah, I've met quite a few of the stars from that as well. Have you? Star, Star, Stargate, Stargate, Atlantis, and all of that. I've watched all of that, mate. I have. I, I like my sci fi. So, mate, so it's been a, an absolutely uh, fantastic uh, show, everyone. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for um, staying till the end. Uh, we've had some incredible guests on tonight. It's been a hell of a season. The Extra Time Show is something that we've introduced uh, this season. Uh, which has always been popular. It's a big commitment to make sure that we do it um, every week um, and find the time to get on. People give their time up to come on the show and you guys in the chat come on and get involved as well and support and watch. So please smash a like on the video. Obviously, there won't be um, 
any more extra times until the start of next season. That doesn't mean to say there won't be more podcasts, with there won't be more phoning shows on a on a big issue. Um, so you know, keep track of that. If there's any big issues that come up, we will be doing some live shows to get yourselves involved. We are looking at ways that I can get the voting going. Um, there will be um, new titles. Now, I've got a bit of time to uh, to try and get that sorted for next season. Um, and we'll just continue to keep developing. Uh, please, as I say, keep supporting the channel. Um if you're listening to back on the podcast, thank you so much. Wherever you are in the world, we really appreciate it. And we do send our love and thank you for your support. And uh, Chris says going to have a load of transfer shows. I'm thinking we will be doing some stuff around that. Obviously, I'll be doing my regular updates. Look out for a couple of live vlogs as well, because I've got a couple of those to finish off editing. So there'll be stuff on that. Um, and uh, look, we started the show with... Uh, just with Jason's little one. And who's that, Scott? This is um, my youngest, Chester, who is going to bed now. Fantastic. And Chester's made his uh, thing in. We've got loads of people that are saying thank you. Uh, it means such a lot. Uh, Andrew, loving your content. Um, you know, I really, really appreciate it. And um, thanks for Josh, who's uh, joined the membership tonight. So, so I'll be joining uh, the likes of Scott in the chat. Stay on. Because when we come offline, we'll have a quick natter uh, together. So thank you uh, for joining us and uh, wherever you are in the world. All the best. Until then, always Wolves. Always Wolves. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.